0: Hey there folks, what do you know? It's the Uticast episode 195. I was told by the staff that I look terrible and tired and disconnected from the show. I have a rough, sad, tired-looking face from the long St. Patrick's Day weekend. You might have seen this out there. Uh, Joining us this week for episode 195, Utica Common Council uh, candidate for the Fifth Ward Delvin J. Moody joins us this week uh, to talk about why he's decided to run uh, and what makes him an exciting young candidate in a field of exciting young candidates. Uh, also, this week, we're going to talk about the college admission scandal that uh, shocked the world. Did it shock the world? Is it shocking? It shocked some people. Uh, also, this week, we're going to talk about my Losers of the Week history lessons, uh, bits from other blogs, some news stories, and I guess at the very end, we'll talk about the Baxter boys. I knew it! I knew mean, it <laughs> at the very end. <laughs> All right, it's the UDCast, folks, episode 195. As always, we are happy
1: Don't seem very energetic you today. do not true. Thirty ounce cup of coffee. No, I mean, be you damned.
2: Look go- you look good. You just look.
1: I'm a little burned out. It's been true.
0: Well, you know, it's funny you say that because uh, I've been yawning all day. I noticed. I said this to Kevin. I've been yawning like nonstop all day long today. Like every like three minutes. I'll probably yawn during this podcast.
2: Okay.
0: And it got me wondering because mm-hmm. I'm an idiot and I don't know things sometimes. What is a yawn? And what does a yawn do? Ooh, you want to know an interesting
1: Ooh. answer to that? Yes, who please. you would know it. The scientists don't know. Oh, they don't. They want don't. Well, oh, to yawn just because well, you said it. They know. It. I mean, they know that like they know why you know the body's getting a bunch of oxygen and pulling it on a high level or something like that. But I, I guess more accurately, they don't know why yawning is contagious. Uh, that's they have correct. I've no i been really
2: thinking about yawning ever since you said that. Well, oh. so
0: here's uh, here's what I found. This is from WebMD. So take this for what it was, right? There is you have bone cancer. There's some Two evidence. Uh, it there, a tumor. There's some uh, evidence that uh, suggests that what it is is it cools your brain, uh, and that you heat, you do it more in cool temperatures when you're overheated or you're stressed or you're tired. And that, like, when you open your mouth wide, all that rush of air in your brain's the running cord. too hot. Brain's running too hot. You're thinking too much. Oh. So, uh, so, every so time I'm go.
1: yawning, it just means I'm getting smarter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So, they said that uh, together these processes may act like a radiator, removing too hot blood from the brain while uh, introducing cooler blood from the lungs and extremities. Therefore, cooling brain services.
1: Key word there is may. They're like, yeah, it could <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this. Possibly. This sounds alright. What do you guys think?
0: Uh I I have to admit I am a little tired, and that's obviously I I don't really well because we did a whole St. Patrick's Day vibe. And well, first off, let's introduce the show before we dig into everything. Welcome, folks. Uh, episode one ninety-five. Wow. I'm far uh, away. I know not too far away. He- joined as always by the lovely Heather Wise. Heather, what's up? I'm joined as nice. sometimes.
2: I'm, Most of It's all good reasons I can't make it. Always. Whatever. Doesn't
0: mean we can't tease you about it. You can it. tease me. Well, we will. Uh, and, of course, Kevin's here, as you can tell. He's giving <laughs> yeah, he's a hard time. Yeah, he's lively and happy. What do you mean? As, always, as always, <laughs> Kevin's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm just um, here. Yeah. So, Heather, I uh, we were out a little bit together yesterday Look on Saturday. Five,
2: for five seconds. For
0: five to six seconds while we were getting the float yes. and the St. Patrick's Day Parade ready. It's the first time in a long time that I've done the St. Patrick's Day Parade, although I have had some experience over the years. Uh, once, Kev, do you remember when we were in the back of uh, our manager, our band manager, Smooth's truck, playing,
1: was he towing us? No. He wasn't doing anything. He wasn't? No. We were on a flatbed. We were on a flatbed. We were on that's W-O-U-R's right. flatbed. W-O-U-R. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. right. We Wait. were on O-U-R's flatbed, flatbed playing uh, music. In 2004. In Down Utica? Yeah. St. Patrick's Day? Yeah. That's so cool. We were one of the first, because W.O.E.R. wanted us on the (laughs) float. They were were like, we're trying to bring rock bands to the float. We were actually, uh, not to, you know, toot the horn too hard, we were the first, like, live rock band in the parade. It's
0: true. Ever. That's very true. What I hear, I mean, maybe back true in the eighties,
1: but as far as I remember,
0: which is anytime before the eighties, it doesn't count. The I bet you still
1: got pictures from
0: that. I bet you he does. We got to reach out mm. to him.
1: I also used to
0: do the parade a lot when I worked for the WBU back in the day. Oh, I used to stand next to that damn frog, that stupid frog yeah. costume, With and pocket. well, because we'd be in like the back of like the, whatever the WB or KTV, whatever it was, his flatbed truck, and you know that poor the poor bastard who stuck in the frog costume. You know, there's not a lot of peripheral vision, and if you're ever
1: stood in the back of a truck while it's going down the street, it's not as uh... well. That's what we learned when we were playing in <laughs> yeah. the parade. When we were, uh, you know, because you're up there and you know you're playing guitars and like performing songs and whatever. And when that shifts, like, it's hard. normally you got to hold on to something. When you're playing the guitar, you have nothing to hold on to. <laughs> so you'll see us all standing in, like, the full-on, like, super punk rock <laughs> stance with the legs real far apart and knees bent. Yeah. Because, like, the stops and starts, wow. you're trying not to slip over because nobody wants to slip over. If, a... if
0: I remember correctly, we just played the same song, like, five times in a row, too. because no, we like, played what's... three songs. Three songs on rotation. That's right. We played
1: three songs, but they told us we had to play only covers. Because it was W.O.R., like classic rock float. So we played some, we played three uh, cover songs.
0: That seems like something we would
1: have chosen not to do. Because we would have been like, they can't stop us. We had talked about it. Um, <laughs> we were, we were, you, you and I specifically, the ones with the street crowd were kind of mad about it. That's true. Uh, but we figured it was the best opportunity to get us on the float. And it worked out because we got hired by a lot of places and made a bunch of money for playing That's our true. guitars. Uh, All right, then. Heather, what were your hot takes from
0: St. Patrick's Day as a whole?
2: Um... Well, actually, I was bummed I couldn't be on the floor with everybody. All right, so explain so, to me, why
0: was your husband, who was running in he
2: something? He decided to do, they did like a mile run in the beginning, all these runners for the sneaker stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. they um, ran down, and then he was supposed to get Kaz, and I was supposed to get back up, and it was just all, it just mm. didn't work out, so.
0: What did you think, because you were there firsthand, you were there decorating it, and you also saw it on the street, what did you think of the maiden Utica the big yellow fellow pedal bike.
2: I loved it. You I liked it. It was so cool. Like oh gosh, <laughs> like ten years ago, I'd have been all over that. I'm very sweet. <laughs> and it made it was so there was so much energy while everyone was decorating it. I wanted to like be there with it. So. Mm-hmm.
0: It was. It's pretty impressive. Much like anything. Awesome. Much like anything that Justin sells me, I have to get a good look at it and really get on top of it and like you know give it a kick the tires. It looks pretty. It's pretty impressive when it's going like in the parade. It's a real nice look. It's really unique looking. Mm. I think it like people really liked it. Yeah. yeah. I really wish it wasn't so cold. It was so cold. You guys did a good job making it look fun,
2: though.
1: I also, from what I've been, (laughs) if
2: you were cold, you did a great job. From
1: what I've been hearing uh, too, after you know, everybody's post because I wasn't able to make it down, and so I didn't ride on the the big yellow fellow, the pedal pub. I heard that sitting on the seats for an extended period of time left some people feeling a little bit tender today. <laughs>
2: but it wasn't on the
1: that. Ten- That's what uh, I heard. <laughs> I've heard. I've heard you that are as you well. Tender? Well, first off,
0: but, sorry. Oh uh, wow! Two weeks. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. Sorry, <laughs>
1: Uh, I'll say this. Vibrate. So what are we do so
0: much like you rolled your eyes when Kev was talking about how that book does so many shows and okay. we were in a band. You're gonna roll- when I lived in New York, I rode bikes oh, a no. lot. So <laughs> I don't know if you knew that. So no, I, I was aware of what was coming for me. But also, I say this to anyone who's out there complaining about that. You have no constitution and your family won't survive the winter so, yeah. so i think that that's geez. very weak your bloodline yeah. is weak yeah you yeah, will yeah. not survive the winter
2: no i loved it that i have to say that my highlight of the parade was that
0: yeah. no i will <laughs> say though i will say i was surprised that we got immediately when we were done it was a here's the thing again this is also important to say actually getting in the parade route getting the the bike the pedal bike from where the house was in south utica to where the start of the parade was that was actually the worst part, because that pedal pub is not really meant to go uphill as yeah, intensely yeah. as we had yeah, to yeah. go to get from Arnold Ave to where we were going, right? Mm-hmm. That first... There was really a thought in the first, like, ten minutes when we were on there pedaling. We are like, this is a problem. you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey, there is, we have major Wait, problems. where's the hill? Going up Arnold Ave to Genesee Street was yeah. going up a hill. Yeah. And then going from Genesee Street over the parkway... Uh, was a hill, yeah. This, is- and then really once you, it wasn't up until you get off the
1: parkway. It's a nice slow coast down. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So
0: once you once we actually got over the crest, then it was all gravy. Smooth then sailing. We smooth sailing. I heard
1: uh, Justin Parkinson told me we did encounter a couple hiccups at the roundabout. It, it's Her, not, I heard I heard navigating the roundabout was a little tough. It's well, okay, so here's also the scenario. We don't want people he to He told look, me that was the moment where he was like shit this thing might not happen. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: here's the problem, right? Also, at the same time as this is this is the beginning of the parade. Yeah. So, it, we don't want people like we were in the beginning pushing up the hill outside of the pedal car. Can't have it. Pushing it because that's a terrible optical like optics, right? Can't have it, bad yeah. bad optics. Uh, so, you know, we're really like, and and Justin really leaning into it. I think, just like pedal, pedal. He's yes. like, he's on yeah. the big wheel, yes. screaming at people like we we're on a crew, like on a crew team, but really on a crew team, not just pretending to be on a crew <laughs> team so I can get into college. We'll talk about that in a oh, minute. Uh, I I'll say though that I thought the bike was a good, uh, was a good time. I thought. The
1: weather really screwed up a lot of things for a lot of people. And, man, it was beautiful on Friday. Yeah, it's a real downer. You could have switched those uh, two. I know. Yeah, that shame. would have been good. And a lot like, of good content, though, to uh, for anybody who didn't see the bike or wasn't at the parade. Yeah. There's a lot of good stuff on the main Utica social media accounts and Handshake City and stuff. So check it out because mm-hmm. that bike will be back.
0: And I'll also say this. Uh, this happens every time you go to the St. Patrick's Day Parade. I think it's important to say it out there. Got to find more places for people to
1: pee. It's a, it's a nightmare. I peed
0: oh. like ten times. There's nowhere to go. You got to go into like any store. I hate it was an old Radisson or whatever yeah. it's called. Yeah, yeah. We're not
1: even. Um, my bar is not even on Varick Street, but we put a couple porta potties outside yeah. just because <laughs> yeah. because we have a lot of our. You know, since we're not near a lot of other bars. We have a lot of tempting areas where mm. you look at it and you're like, I could go pee back there. <laughs> yeah. And so just <laughs> yeah. to help people avoid the public urination ticket, we put a couple of porta-potties nice. out there. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, Ked, did you do any traditional Irish St. Patrick's Day celebration yesterday or today as an Irishman? Um, no. You're wearing green now, I suppose. No, I'm not. The head's green, it's I get. It's kind of greenish, bluish. No, green. I see this blue is, and gray. This is blue, and the head is gray. Doesn't matter, you. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, <what was> <laughs> you need it. I, um, <laughs> of
1: color. No, not really. I mean, uh. I did. Uh, there were a couple <laughs> small traditional things. I worked uh, later at night yesterday. I did. Uh, parade Day tradition. If I did drink some Jameson out of a plastic cup, smart okay. at one point, just because it's you know what we had and going, and I was like, oh, this kind of reminds me. I may have
0: drank some out of a coffee cup that had coffee in it. That might that's, have happened. Yeah, that's strong. That's, that's a that strong move happened. as well. I was
1: wondering what was in those coffee cups. N- that um, was just my coffee cup. Yeah, no one yeah, else would ever do something like that. I bet. You're the le- you're the you drink the least out of anybody that I know. That's a fair
0: point. I'm yeah. not. That's why I don't really love St. Patrick's Day in general. I liked having the parade as something to do because it gave me like a thing to sort of be responsible for, mm-hmm. but I've never, even when we were younger, been like really into like, dude, let's go down and party <laughs> and Well, maybe when we were really young. Uh, I yeah. I don't know if 18.
1: that's uh, up till like last year. I don't nah know. last year. <laughs> I <don't> know <laughs> it's really it. it's been a long it time. It wasn't until he came when well, when you came back from New York was when you were the drinking part of you had mostly fallen off. I don't know New what York. it was like when you were down there and doing it. I think well, I mean that's a whole different subject I didn't
0: mean to talk about, but I think that if you're talking about New York, uh, drinking is very accessible because of the public transportation. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? There's just the subway and which makes it
1: nice up here now that we have Uber and Uber so cheap that you can kind of you know do whatever you want. Um, I think that I think for next year for the parade, you've got to train for it like you would for the boilermaker. Yeah, got to get that tolerance (laughs) up a little bit. Have a glass of whiskey or two every day. Just get it in the system. Just a base. A base. to get a base.
0: It's like today they say that our immune systems are now worse today than they ever were in our lives because everything's so much cleaner, and that our systems are ready to get shocked. That's why yeah, I get sick all the news
1: time. News for whoever says that about the environment being I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's some terrible news. Uh,
0: so before we get into the, I really only had like two to three stories this week, which is uh, about
1: what we do. So yeah. you know.
0: Uh, so uh, before we get into that, I just want to uh, say this week's guest is Delvin J Moody. I didn't introduce him before we got going. Uh, Delvin is running for the Fifth Ward Common Council seat for the city of Utica. Uh, Delvin, I really enjoyed talking to him. He is connected to the Young Scholars Program that I work for now. He's one of, he wasn't one of my students directly, Mm. but he was like, we were right in the, like, ships in the night. He was just finishing up the program as I was coming in, so, uh, it was nice to sit down and talk to him. Uh, he really didn't like talking about his age as a big thing. Like, he's very young and he doesn't like talking about that, but I thought... It, it shows a lot to when you it's talk to him. It's super impressive,
1: yeah. yeah. It's, uh, man, well, well-spoken, poised. brilliant. I yeah, love poised the is the right word. Yeah, a lot of poise. Poised, poised is the exact right yeah.
0: word. So we had a really nice time talking to him. We had a really long interview as well, so we get into a lot of stuff. You know, um, we agree on a lot of things, don't agree on a lot of things, but I thought the conversation was very strong and it was uh, it was very honest, and I appreciated that as well. Great That's times. Great. Delvin, great. Good dude. And uh, best of luck to him. Uh, sorry, so let's get to the big story this week. Uh, it's just a bunch of thoughts I had really about this college admission scandal, which has sort of mm-hmm. taken over, um, you, you look disturbed. I'm
2: so mad about Lori Loughlin, I liked her.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like Felicity Huffman as well, it uh, changes a lot of your thoughts, right? Uh, so I just have a couple things I jotted down that uh, sort of caught my attention, and we can sort of run through them, and if you have any things you thought about, you can jump in as well. One. It's called Operation Varsity Blues. That was the name of the sting yeah. they used to take down uh, mm-hmm. this whole thing. Seems kind of flippant. <laughs> Doesn't it seem weird? Like you think that like these guys are like very serious in this organization, like, dude, let's name the movie Varsity Blues, that's hilarious. You know what I mean? No, like I think it bangs. I, <laughs> I do think too. it's great. I, I think it's great. Too. You gotta
1: you gotta be able to get the story over uh-huh. in the media. Uh, I, that was one that immediately I thought was weird,
0: sort of undersold how serious the story was to me. It's like Operation Varsity Blues. Like, you got,
2: atten- got my attention. Gotcha. Atten- I clicked right on it.
0: Uh, and as a guy who, and for me, I think as a guy who works in education, and I spend a lot of time, especially with my seniors, going through the Common Apps and like the FAFSA and TAP yeah. and Dollars for Scholars and all these... Yeah forms and grants and programs in the community that these kids have to fill out to try and get support, it really, really is disheartening to read about, like, the other side of how this whole process sort of works and uh, how dirty it can really get. I've
1: got a question about that. Yeah. You know, you say that it's, it, it, it's, what did you say it is to read about it? Really disheartening? Super disheartening. Um, are we surprised? Is anybody surprised by this story? Because no. that would be crazy to me if somebody was like, "I had no idea this was happening." It's like, really? No, I know I she assumed it's always
2: been happening, but when he finally it comes to life, I think yeah, when
0: true. the dirty yeah, yeah. when the dirty deeds are all pulled out into the light, I think it really comes to terms with how bad things really are. I think a lot of people might that's have fair. said the corruption is the process. I guess corrupts. I
1: guess maybe I I've seen it a bit firsthand with um different people yeah. and families I've known in my life, so maybe I've just got a little bit of different tack on it. But this seems like par for the course. Like I'm happy. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm ecstatic that they're punishing some of these people for this but this stuff goes on absolutely everywhere but it's good
2: that it, it's come out because it's just like how great. women were treated and actors were treated the Here's another thing that's put out there it's that great. people are going to pay attention mm-hmm. to now. I'm loving so pulling all the criminals so, into the light. You yeah. know what I
1: mean? And all these like rich folks acting wild. I put every single one of them against the wall. Well, I think what's interesting too, I read a lot of this take basically
0: that the idea of meritocracy is a lie in this mm-hmm. country. The 100%. Idea, the, the idea that you can work real hard. Yes. But like at the end of the day, it's really a meritocracy based on income and wealth, right? That's yeah. really... That's well, it's
1: not a meritocracy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Financial merit, I guess, is what they're talking about. Uh, I'll say this too. Like, I, I've always... And this is, again, there's another explaining to me like I'm five. I, even though I work in this, these programs, I always was under the impression that if you had enough money you could really just pay the full tuition and just put your kid into a school if you wanted them to go there bad enough, right? Like, well, you
1: still you have to. They still have to smooth through the the choosing process, right? Yeah. Right?
0: Well, because I've always read that there were like two, the other the idea is there's like a front door and a back door, mm-hmm. right? The front door is you go through like the standard admission process, like people like regular folks would have to go through, right? You file, a tra- uh, yeah, uh yeah. put all your stuff in, you file for loans and all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. And then the backdoor method would be like something that like we laughed about when it would be on the Sopranos, right? We want Meadow to get into college. They want us to pay for a new building on the campus. It's five hundred yeah, thousand yeah. dollars. Like, I'm not paying it. It's a good episode of the Sopranos you guys should watch. They're all good episodes. But they're all good episodes. But this was sort of like the side door. It was like taking advantage of loopholes in a pre-existing system. Uh and sort of, like, not only were they taking advantage of it, they were using it to get scholarships, right? Like, you yeah. have you money. Want, like, step farther. Like, that's what It's like, you have <laughs> well, money. Well, I, <laughs> I think part of
1: it, and, you know, the, I mean, they arrested, like, almost 50 people, and everybody's circumstances are a little bit different. But, like, the, specifically, like, uh, Aunt Becky, like, with what she mm-hmm. did with her kid is getting them recruited on a sport that they don't actually <laughs> play. It's crazy, because yeah. you're reading about it. Like, they Photoshop these kids playing <laughs> yes. sports and stuff, like, to get them on because people who would, you know, by no chance, like... You know, by all accounts, uh, Lori Laughlin's daughter, who's a, like a 17 year old Instagram influencer, yeah. is not like never even really went to any yeah. school. You yeah, know what I mean? Like not even really. really high yeah. school, nothing. So if you have no grades or no anything, finding that back door where it's like, okay, we'll recruit them for this. This way we can get him around, mm-hmm. having the transcript scrutinized, different stuff like that. It's not even necessarily about, oh, we need the scholarship money, but it's like the scholarship track is the only way to get mm-hmm. this kid who's otherwise. I'd semi-illiterate into the school.
2: You know what it's I mean? Em- no, no, go ahead. Go, it's go. embarrassing as a mother, though, that you mm. go through all of that mm-hmm. to what you're getting at. Well, college.
1: that's
0: the other question, too. Is it a status <laughs> thing for, like, absolutely. is it, I want my kid to be in absolutely. USC? Or, yeah. 100%. All right, so let me ask you this question, because this is, I'm sure that Lori Laughlin's Instagram influencer daughter knew what was going on. But did all the kids know? Or are there some kids who are coming to terms with the fact that, like, man, I thought I did really good on these tests, and I now wonder, I'm coming to terms. <laughs> I'm an idiot, right? I, mean, like,
1: I I guess there's probably a few of them in any number, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think for a lot of people, you know, say, like, uh, somebody like Lori Laughlin's daughter, you know, she had to know. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder. Like, if they were just like, oh, yeah, you know, I just put in my application, mm-hmm. whatever, I guess I'm going to go. Because for somebody like that, they've never had to, mm-hmm. like, Face up to any kind of hardship or any will they won't they? It's like yeah, I want to go to USC, so that's where I'm gonna go, and not thinking any deeper about the process (laughs) of how you're gonna get there. Mom's like, well, don't worry, we'll take care of it. You know what I mean? You don't actually know the details of like what's going on, and I think there's probably a lot of wealthier people who would look at this and people like that situation be like, yeah, so what? What's wrong with with this? Yeah, you know what I mean? And not even understand why everybody's so upset. Um.
0: I'm gonna move on to our next uh, segment here. Unless you guys have any final thoughts, okay. I have one last take that I have on this that I've been thinking about. And it's mostly about like these for- the fake sports thing we talked about, the faking photos and like the-, the people applying through it. You know, they're talking about the Yale soccer coach and all the money that they're on the hook for from uh, they're, or they're, They've been getting from this this booster, whoever it is, that gets them through the program. This really makes you feel like there's so much more to come here. Knowing what you know about, like, the sports programs, the NCAA being as corrupt as they are, it seems like this is just the tip of a much larger iceberg that we are going to have to, again, pull out into the open, Well, this is,
1: I mean, and this is the culture at large, because this doesn't, it's not just the colleges, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the the high school prep schools and even, like, you know, the really, like, private-level grade schools and Mm stuff— A lot of them you can't even get into. They will not even look at your application on Alumni Reference. Yeah. And then it goes to, you know, jobs as well. Like, I've had, you know, experience with people who, um, we'll say people that I've worked with uh, who are at a higher level, who have kids who, you know, when they mm-hmm. go to school, whether, whether good or bad, whether pass or fail... They, you know, immediately pop out of college and have some really high-level job and yeah, get yeah. slid into automatically. Exactly. And this is this is the whole system. This is, yeah. you know what I mean? This is everybody just sort of like they say. It's about who you know, not what you know. That's completely true. You know what I mean? And it goes all over the culture. So at a certain point, what do you do? Because you say, bring these people to light. Do you bring them all? Mm. Or do people just start paying attention? I don't know. But it's a very interesting story to see. Yeah.
0: Glad we went that I'm glad we went deep on that it's mm-hmm. something I've been I think it's been a big story that everyone yeah I wish you know. people
1: would pay attention to to the other like 46 people besides the two celebrities yes it's true because there's yeah. a lot more to the story yes. besides you know
2: mm-hmm. and I think their kids are getting
1: back yeah which is
2: yeah. Still hard.
1: They're young. Uh, so really quickly before we uh, close out this
0: week, three people announced they were running uh, for the Democratic uh, presidential we're nomination. Running the field up to 75. 75 <laughs> this week. Uh, Beto O'Rourke, Joe Biden sort of accidentally not, said. He, he didn't announce it, but it seems like he may have accidentally announced it is what the Washington Post is implying today. Fools. Uh, and then uh, Kristen uh, Gillibrand. Uh, any of those three get you really excited to move the meter for you? Not anybody? Really. Beto kind of does. Beto kind of. Yeah. really. Yeah. Still, Bernie's the one I still like hearing the most, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, he still excites me. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, and I have two very quick losers of the week, which is sort of like our I'm done with this guy, uh, I guess. It's I, I was gonna. It's, I, it's the same kind of thing. Losers of the week. Uh, very quickly, uh, number one loser of the week, uh, Mount Lebanon men's basketball coach uh, Joe Davis, who this week uh, told his players to stand at half court while they held the lead in the second half of a basketball game until someone pressured them. His team held the ball for four minutes. Four minutes to wind the clock down. Uh, they won the game. I didn't know that there were no shot clocks in high school basketball in most states. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a crazy thing. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So, Joe David, you're a coward. you got to play the game the right way. Mm-hmm. Loser of the week number one. Tell him. Uh, and loser of the week number two, uh, Janine Pirro, just got her show pulled. from a <laughs> <Fox News. laughs> sucker. Uh, oh, I saw that this morning. And I, I only... <laughs> I just like that she says everything like this. All right, uh, and that's, that's, <laughs> that's enough. That's, that's, <laughs> that's enough of that. <laughs> uh, so there you go, two my two losers this week. All right, uh, so let's get to this week's interview. Um, Delvin J. Moody again, uh, Fifth Ward Common Council candidate for the city of Utica. It was really nice to to sit here and talk with him. You know, he's he's a. It's nice to talk with someone who's that much younger than me. Again, I hate to harp on the age thing, but to have someone who is so impassioned about politics and had such a uh, and such a interesting voice and was so uh, dedicated to public service and what he wanted to do at such a young age was really it feels good knowing what I know about a lot of other like 23 year olds for me at 23 yeah for me at 23 as well so uh, it was really nice to talk with him Uh, great conversation Uh, we'll be back in just a minute after our interview with uh, Delvin J. Moon
3: All right? He ran away from me. <laughs> yeah, so that wasn't a good experience. So I got so my it was my cousin's dog and um my cousin's dog and I guess she was I guess she wanted to get rid of it. And so I was like a snot nosed kid. I'm like Bet like this is this is my moment. So you know so listen, so I got this cat, I mean this dog and I'm like, yeah, I'm adulthood, here it is <laughs> And I put it in my grandmother's um, laundry room, right? Because yeah, yeah. I, I had to figure out what I was going to do with it before I told her. And he's scratching. My grandmother's like, did you get that, dog? I'm like, yep. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I need to take him for a walk. Mm-hmm. He, he walked all right. <laughs> he ran off, boom, and did not come back. I feel bad. I don't know if it's, like, stolen now, if it's dead. People, I want to tell you right now, people will keep a dog if they find it. Mm-hmm. I
0: I've noticed over the years that I hope you um, got a good home. I hope so. I you know it's funny I always grew up as a dog person. I, yeah. I my dad was um my dad was a hunter but in the real casual sense. I think mm-hmm. him and his buddies liked to go out in the morning yeah. and they didn't care if they were actually catching anything but <laughs> but they we always had uh, like beagles like okay. and they were nice dogs yeah. but they were loud. Oh, they yeah. were the worst kind of like barking dogs mm. that sort of like like sad sort of wailing wake oh, yeah. like yeah, up yeah. in the
3: morning. But you know, I I have my my dream dog, which I'm gonna get <laughs> and I and I can do it living in Utica. Like if I lived in anywhere else it probably would not true. Get, I want a husky. A husky, yeah, yeah. You just gotta have land. Land is the That's key. That's all you I mean, mean. Mm-hmm.
0: that was New York when I was living in New York, that was the one thing I was like, I always see these people with dogs, I'm like, How are you
3: Yeah making this poor animal live in like some but I apartment? Think, You know, I'm I'm in Cornhill now, hmm. but I think you know, if I get old I, Moved to like North Utica or North South Utica. Utica or something, you know? North Utica's got a lot of land. Yeah, I, that's where I grew up. I'm a North Utica kid. Is
0: that where you're initially, that's actually a good segue because I was going to sort of ask you yeah. where you uh, where you sort of call like your initially home base, you know what I mean?
3: North Utica kids, North Utica. baby, yeah, mm. Herkimer Road, 1010 Herkimer Road, right across from Redeemer Church. Oh, okay, okay. okay. Right yeah. across. So mm. I grew up right there and I went to JFK. And, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's my stomping ground. So you went to JFK
0: Middle School and then you went to Proctor afterwards. Proctor, um, yeah. you know, I'm a Proctor guy, but I graduated about 10 years before you, yeah. which, um, which I find wild that, uh, I'm that much older than you. That makes me feel, <laughs> you
3: know, everybody <laughs> says that. Every, every, then some people like, oh, I forget you're, a, you know, you're a kid. I said, well, mm.
0: You've always you've carried yourself very professionally your whole life though me.
3: going back. It's not you don't give off the impression of a 23 year old that most people get. I think because I stayed with old folks. I was like in a nursing home. I was on Herkimer Road. Mm-hmm. I was with my grandmother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? My mom lived down the street, but I spent most time at my grandma's house. Mm. Yeah.
0: Did you have brothers and sisters growing up? Or I you did. By yourself? I,
3: ha- I have one uh, baby sister. Mm-hmm. That I grew up with, um, a few others on my father's side, uh, uh, two brothers and another sister on my father's side. But with my mom, um, uh, I have one sister that I lived with, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Araceli, that's my baby sister. Mm-hmm. And so that was interesting. Yeah, sisters are fun. Now, I grew up, well, I grew up with two older sisters, and that was like okay, a Okay, tough... <laughs> yeah. Baby sisters are fun. I got blamed for all of her stuff, <laughs> you know. If something went wrong, it was my fault. Uh, well, I'm, that's
0: that's part of being a brother, though. <laughs> yeah, always. <laughs> well, I gotta ask you. So it's rare, uh, especially these days lately, that I talk to a lot of folks who grew up in the Utica school uh, mm-hmm. system. And again, I think probably a good point in time that i discuss here and just get it out of the way for the folks that i work for a program called the young scholars program yes you came up through the young scholars, came program. Through the young scholars program uh so we are going to talk about that but i'll probably let you do most of the talk yeah. and people don't think <laughs> yeah. i'm like just chilling for the program but right. i want to focus mostly on utica school district for a mm-hmm. second uh, i grew up i went to donovan okay. uh, and then went to uh, proctor and graduated in 04 and i in 04 and at that time i did sort of resent the way that the greater community felt about kids who went to Proctor. This, this is even them. from the side of being like like a white kid and mm-hmm. like I could I had like a girlfriend went to Hartford and people would be like, You're gonna come to my house and rob me. I'm like, you think mm-hmm. I'm gonna come to your house? No, right. Did you did you struggle with that sort of like Utica School district thing? Or did you like growing up in Utica
3: no, School? No, I district? would scare them. I'd say you can come. Yes I am coming to you i no. will <laughs> <laughs> be there tonight at yeah. six. Yeah. No, no. But but you know, I think the I think when I went it was um, um you 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 kinda engraved in a society that this is what we have we yeah. only have proctor mm-hmm. so we have to deal with it right yeah. what it what it became was a lot of of sectionalism so you know if you come from north utica you mm-hmm. come from south utica yes. or yeah. what middle school you came from yes. i came <laughs> sure. from jfk so <laughs> yeah. i was a you know i'm seen as like oh this is a good kid mm-hmm. you know what i mean uh, the, the, no struggles no you know anything yeah. like that so i came from north utica jfk i lived in north utica as well so I was seen as a good kid, mm-hmm. right? If you That's came so from Donovan, it's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. If you came from Donovan, that was seen as the bad
0: school. It's so funny too because I went to Donovan mm-hmm. because uh, I was at the I was in this weird year before they started building the new part of Proctor, the big right. giant like oh, color yeah. coded section. Yeah, yeah. I I went to Proctor during the old square oh, yeah. old building. Yeah. Um, But because they were doing the renovations, I was actually only a proctor for three years. I was Uh there 10th, 11th, 12th. I actually did ninth grade at Donovan because they didn't have any place for it to put us. I never knew until I came back around on education after I took my sort of five or six year sabbatical Mm -hmm. where I was like, I'm not doing any education (laughs) stuff. Um, when I came back, I was surprised that that was the reputation
3: that Donovan had. Oh, yeah. I did not know that, that was the case. Oh yeah. So and so in high school it was what well, middle school. You came yeah, from. That's interesting. And, then that, and mm. then that that was it. But but we um, because it was the only high school with so many different intersections. Right. You know whether you were you were the clubs guy, mm-hmm. whether you were you know into sports, whether you know you're after school. Yeah.
0: What did you sort of like? Uh, you know I'm. Did you sort of see yourself as like an athlete, as a scholar, as like a student? Like I sort of identified as like a music guy because
3: I was a music yeah. theater dude. I played instruments. What yeah. sort of did you feel is like your wheelhouse? So that I, era? I was a recovering athlete. Right? <laughs> 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 no, but but you know I had tried uh, football in middle school, and yeah. oh, um, yeah. um, um, and uh, I, I I tried it. An emphasis on the tried, you yeah. Know? And I was good. It just wasn't my heart focus and and so um i became very involved in band i played drums and so oh, nice. i became very involved with band that became my thing and then once i started um doing a lot of community work mm-hmm. that became my woodhouse so yeah so i was creating a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and, you know I, I i was a part of like model you win briefly mm-hmm. um, um and other things like that but i was mostly on the outside of the system creating stuff even as a, as a kid mm-hmm. even in high school um Advocating for doing protests and stuff like that—that mm-hmm. that wasn't Proctor sanctioned, you know. It right. Was, it was outside stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Well, I got to ask you. So, uh, in your
0: in your profile and stuff that I was reading up, uh, it talks a bit about young scholars and a bit about the Junior Frontiers program. Yes. Uh, yes. I just want to ask you, from the outside perspective, you can tell me the truth, even yeah. though I work for one. Yeah, one right, right, right. Uh, did you
3: did you feel like those programs were beneficial to you growing up? Like Absolutely. Yeah. Let me tell you something. This, now, I I, I Junior Frontiers because uh, uh, because I'm guilty that I didn't join sooner. Now, my, all of my peoples were a part of Junior Frontier. Mm. And, and if you're in certain groups in the African-American community, well, I would really say any any, mm-hmm. anybody, it's hard to not in some way be impacted by the Junior Frontiers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Junior Frontiers and Frontiers do the Martin Luther King every year. That's mm-hmm. what they do, um, bringing kids to um, HBCU. So in some way, I was already always connected sure. to Junior Frontiers. But I became a member. I'll never forget me and um, uh, Marquise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we became members our like junior year. Yeah. So we were like late in the yeah. game. But joining Junior Frontiers and in that one year that we were apart, we were graduating seniors, right? Yeah. So that one year we were apart, life tr- it changed our lives entirely. Now, we had the junior, uh, uh, young scholars, young scholars helped help me personally just graduate. Mm-hmm. I was always a good kid, but even good kids, they, they seen, the young scholars seen where I can improve. Whereas other people and other teachers are like, oh, this is a good kid. He doesn't need the help. They assume, you know, even in high school, yeah. they assume that the good kids and they don't say much. And so, oh, they, they got it. They're good. Exactly. But young scholars challenged me to be better. And then when I got to Junior Frontiers, my junior year, it was they just helped me tremendously with the logistics of, of you're going to college and this is how you're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, well, it makes me feel good because, yeah. you know, working with education
0: programs, and I, I always say that I went back to education because, uh, and, I, and I don't give any, I'm not trying to like to slag on anybody who works in like a cubicle. That kind of yeah, job yeah. takes a certain type yeah. of mentality mm-hmm. that I don't have mm-hmm. as a person. Uh, but when I, you know, when I came back to education, one of the things that I really wanted was to feel that tangible effect that you have on yeah. somebody. If I can help this one kid with this one thing, yeah. and hopefully that will give them uh, the idea that somebody's got their back right which I think growing up and I grew up in a, in a single parent household mm-hmm. from my parents were divorced yeah knowing that there are other people out there who want you to succeed and do well I yeah. think just that just part of that is good to feel just that mentality
3: yeah there's people rooting for me to succeed right. and, and and young scholars helped me mm. with delving my yeah. ideas mm. my dream when I when I wanted to bring kids uh, my peers to the United Nations. Yeah. Mary Hayes Gordon was the first one who signed up and said, "Let's do it." Yeah, she. You know what I mean? Like, what? What other program is hmm. going to tell me like that's extracurricular? But Young Scholars was right there. She's a, she's a name,
0: I think, that doesn't get talked about as much yes. locally around yes. here. And one one day when uh, there's not probably a business conflict of interest, yeah. I'm going to yeah. have her on here because she yeah. probably, you know, she's probably touched more people than
3: we give credit to, at least in the yeah. local community. Her, uh, Miss um, Santos. Oh, Marie Santos, uh, yeah. I Another mean, yeah. great lady. Yeah. These are, these are, uh, mm. Flossie, I no. mean, when you think about people, these are the unsung heroes yeah. mm. of our communities mm. that I think sometimes we take for granted, yes. but, but. It's people like that that could say, you know, from generations, yeah. people who were young scholars before me, who was like, man, Miss Santos was it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> she still, you know, it's like she
0: comes around sometimes and she yeah. has that air of yeah. respectability when she yeah. comes around, you guys Absolutely. like, snap to it. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, I want to move past that just a little bit because mm-hmm. I want to talk about, uh, you went to MVCC
3: first and then the University of Rochester? No, I went right to the University of Rochester. You went right to University of Rochester. Yes. Okay. And, and um, um, and... Because I will say this, I I'll never forget. Um, a young scholar said, "Well, apply to schools." HEP. Yep. Oh yeah. Big part. I, yeah. I, I don't hide from it because success is success. Mm. I don't think you should hide from it. It's no, a great, it's a great I, program at almost yes, every college we've dealt with. Absolutely, and 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 I wish more people would. Know about it so that way they can apply and actually go to college. Exactly. Yeah. So so they said apply H-E-O-P, um uh, Junior Frontier said apply HOP. I applied h-e-o-p Got into University of Rochester. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and for me it was good not because I was low academics but because I had came from the, uh, 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 my family wasn't rich. Oh yeah. And people you know it's the different dynamics for h-e-o-p But so um so I applied HOP University of Rochester got in mm-hmm. and the rest is is why I'm here now. And I remember mm-hmm. I had friends. Um, um, who had who applied H.U.P. to Hamilton and, I yeah. mean, us, Colgate. Everywhere. hard uh, yeah. school, Cornell, and got in, and we all said, I don't care what you call this program, long as I'm going to college. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think especially now, you know, when yeah. you look at, like, what's going on in, like, the news, like, recently, yeah. these big,
0: giant college yeah. academic scams of yeah. all these rich people paying backdoor stuff, and... Right. I told the kids even on on Thursday and Friday I was like look at the news like this is the kind of stuff that you are up against in terms right. of getting into the schools Absolutely. you want to go to like Absolutely. It, you know we tell I always tell the kids Apply for everything you can. Say yeah. yes for everything you can because a lot of folks just don't even apply for stuff.
3: Like take yeah. advantage of what people are offering you. And there is there is uh, levels in higher education, yeah. and I hate to say it because I don't think there's such thing as a bad school, right? You know, right. People, yeah, people, yeah. people are like, oh, they went to a good school. Sure. What does that mean? You well, know, you know. <laughs> put a lot of pretext into where you go, yes, right? like yes, It means yes, a lot yes, to yes. people. So 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 and um so depending on what school you go to because. My sister wants to go to a really good school. She mm. wants to go to an Ivy League school, sure? so you know, something like that. And so, um, and so, I, I I try to explain to her because I went to University of Rochester, which is considered a new Ivy. Yeah, I try to explain Great. to her the the dynamics. Mm. You have that. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to accuse you of our, but you have that at these top tier schools and institutions where the where the political uh, uh, the political game is different. Than let's say at a community college sure. or at a you know what I'm saying at a student yeah, yeah. school or something and it's not to down those schools but it's just the it's different the the I mean you you, you just to show, you go to U of R you see kids with a 2019 Porsche yeah you're not seeing that at every college I remember <laughs> taking uh, we. A couple years back, before yeah. we decided it wasn't really something we could continue
0: doing, uh, mm-hmm. Ben Atwood, who we are both yeah. mutually related through yeah. yep. scholars, we took a group of kids to New York City mm-hmm. to do a, three college mm-hmm. visits in yeah. New York: NYU, uh, Columbia, mm-hmm. and Hunter College, which is my alma mater. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I we only went to Hunter because it was my alma mater. Right. I knew I <laughs> <everybody laughs> took the kids over. I'm like, I don't think this is going to be for you guys, right? <laughs> but we went to Columbia, and Columbia is a beautiful, beautiful, oh, yeah. absolutely beautiful campus, oh, yeah. but there was also a moment when we took the kids up there and they're like, look at that dude's shoes. Look at those jackets. Oh, All yeah. these people have money. so much money. I oh, yeah. don't think that I would ever be able to afford to come here. Oh, right yeah. I
3: mean, I mean, you, you, you go to Cornell hmm. or let's take Oneida County. Oh, yeah. You go to Hamilton.
0: Mm-hmm. Hamilton's a
3: beautiful school, by the way. Beautiful. <laughs> beautiful you go to Hamilton, school. you see kids with, yeah. like, I know you have Well, to do. I remember I was um talking to to, uh, to one person at U Bar and they, they were complaining because their parents gave them a fifteen hundred dollar allowance yeah. every two weeks they said i can't do nothing with this mind you they lived in a fraternity house with a butler and because the yeah, fraternity I mean- roles <laughs> had chefs and cooks and and you know so 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 you it's a culture shop it well i was going to ask
0: you it probably does feel like somewhat of a culture shock, especially mm-hmm. go to a place like as big as university of rochester it's a large school yeah. and, and to be fair we went to proctor so i think i do think that proctor to a certain extent Preps you for the real world oh, yeah. a lot better than some of the other like less diverse, less oh, yeah. public institutions because around. it's
3: one high school. Yeah, everybody's going there, yeah. and you got to hold your own. Mm-hmm. So when I went to U of R, I was sitting with people who had. You could tell they came for money and had money, and they had the new Porsche, and I didn't. And 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 I was still budgeting my meal plan, <laughs> but I held my own. And because of that, it when you have a self integrity, when you know your stuff, when you you can't nobody take your education. Mm-hmm. Can't nobody take what you mm-hmm. can what you can do. And even if you're on a different process than other people, yeah. um, you may say, look, I don't have a portion now, but I, I, I'll get there. And so I could hold my own mm-hmm. because I knew where I was going. I knew where I was destined to go. Uh, political science was your major? Political science and religion. And religion. Now, yeah.
0: I'm, we're, we can talk about the religion right. in a second <laughs> too. No, I, I do want to talk about that yeah, a little yeah. bit too. But um, I want to say like where... Especially for someone again, mm-hmm. I don't mean to do the age thing. No, no, You're no. younger than me, so no. I think that oh, it's always interesting for guys in their 30s to see, like, oh, the young folks interested in religion, right? right? right, uh, right, I'm right sorry, right. interested in politics. We right, right. get to both. Yeah. Uh, interested in politics. What was your first sort of inkling? You're like, I want to be
3: involved. Was there a moment? Was there like, oh uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I was heavy. I'm heavy in my church, right? Heavy mm-hmm. sure. active in my church. And I was heavily active as a young person. And so I started being a youth minister and leading mm-hmm. at the age of 10. So I was really young. So I started in the pulpit and I, I felt that, you know, I felt always called to help people. Mm-hmm. And then I got, I don't know how, I think it was through an MLK uh Mm -hmm. there go junior frontiers again through an mlk banquet Mm -hmm. i was talking with deitra harvey and i said you know i want to get involved with NAACP. yeah i said i want to get involved with naacp and from there i went to a meeting and got involved in naacp Mm -hmm. and i i said this is my calling Mm -hmm. i said i i'm i'm called to help people and then over time it, it developed that i felt the way to best serve the community was through Impacting and changing systems, mm-hmm. right? And for me, that became politics. And so I, so it is my philosophy model. I know you can do a lot outside of politics, but it was my model that um, the way to really impact people is through the political system. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what W.E.B. Du Bois felt. Mm-hmm. You know, he he was a huge proponent of social justice through the system, mm-hmm. through laws, and that's how NAACP um, was was created, amongst other things. Um, so that's how I got involved with politics. I've seen politics as the way to really change the conditions of the community. Sure. You know, policy to me was the end all be all policy. Good legislation was the way we make sustainable mm-hmm. change. And we, you can do it on the nonprofit sector. You can do it in other ways. All of those ways um, are impactful and, and change lives. But to me, at the end of the day, if you want to make, complete sustainable change it's through the political system for me in uh, in my brain yeah uh that's wonderful i love that and you uh
0: on social media you've called yourself unapologetically progressive yes Uh, why does it feel today (laughs) like saying progressive is a dirty word
3: oh my good well it depends on where you are (laughs) that's a great point too that's not true you know if i was in rochester being progressive they say right on you know Yeah, yeah. in central new york in utica new york right um uh, uh, uh to be honest, in Utica not yeah. the not the, the surrounding overall area, counties yeah. but but in Utica Republicans tend to be a little moderate
0: it's true. That's true. Over Democrats tend that, yeah. to be
3: a little conservative. Right? You I know? think that's,
0: and that's where I think, like, even going to the assembly. I mean, uh, brindisi, when he got yeah, into yeah. Congress, yeah. I think what brindisi did really well mm-hmm. was not to campaign nationally, but
3: to campaign for this particular district yes. of people that he's appealing yes. to. Yes. I mean, now, now I think it's hurting. I think it's pros and cons. Sure, and I think he, I think really he, I think he yeah. knows that, mm-hmm. you know, but but yeah. So 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 we're pretty moderate, mm-hmm. and so. Um, in Utica, I think being progressive, right, mm-hmm. um, uh, saying that you are progressive sometimes is seen as though you're a radical left leaning, you <laughs> know, socialist, you know, a the socialist. you you're. We've been called baby killers. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, all, all types of stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? So, so, but, but I think that's because there are some radical people out <laughs> there um, um, who are left leaning. Like there are some radical people mm-hmm. who are right leaning um but being progressive means that you simply want progress for your community and to me it it it, it's about pragmatic um but real results for people so when i say i'm unapologetically progressive Mm -hmm. i'm saying that i don't mind number one saying i'm a democrat Mm -hmm. being a democrat and saying i'm progressive meaning that the status quo is not good enough Mm -hmm. we have to progress and we have to do more in order to change lives Mm -hmm. and so in utica sometimes Saying you're a progressive is seen as like you know you're crazy, mm-hmm. but I, I I accept it, I accept it because I'm not crazy. I'm pragmatic, and so they like me, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people say they like me or they like my. They say, oh, you're good, you're the future. You're and then I say, well, I'm progressive. Mm-hmm. So not so now you have to accept <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so and the other thing, I guess it's a good time
0: to lean into this because uh, you know I grew up uh, I grew up Catholic and I went to church with my mom. Yeah. Um, But as I got older, my view—people on the show know where I am with that—but but but I think that a lot of folks in general uh, see that you don't think that Christian and progressive are mutually exclusive terms. And I thought it was really fascinating. Uh, And I want you to talk just a little bit about like what it's meant to you to have religion in your life growing up. Like what, because even though I don't feel the way I did growing up about religion, Mm -hmm. I do think that growing up and going to church when I was a young man, gave me a good set of morals and basis yes. for the community, even
3: yes. though I have complicated
0: views yeah, about yeah. it as I get older. Yeah. But can you speak a little bit to that growing yeah. up with it?
3: Yeah, so I grew, like I said, grew up in church, heavily religious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and to me, I, I preach a social gospel. Mm. I preach a revolutionary mm. Jesus. If you look at the Bible, Jesus was... Uh, crucified for being a seditionist meaning yeah. he 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 was against the government sure. right if 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 you really look at scripture and so um and so i i believe um that the overall message of christianity is to be socially progressive uh, uh or, or or socially active now um um evangelicals take that sometimes and they're conservative sure. you know uh, but as for me um I, I i think my faith calls me to be um, religious and mm-hmm. at times um do I do I see that there is um sometimes there are uh, conflict in the wording of scripture sure it's all nuance right yeah. and 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 some of the political views mm-hmm. that the democratic party has for instance you know uh, most people are uh, uh fiscally uh, progressive but some Christians tend to be morally conservative sure. I mean we see that even mm-hmm. with our assembly person mm-hmm. uh, who uh, like in terms of abortion rights and others have have a morally conservative sure. view. and so and so that that's so that's I mean in the political sense, is it's it's it's, it's, okay, it's, yeah. it's not necessarily the best but on a personal sense being a Christian I understand the backdrop but this is why I'm going back to school to get a master's in religion and a PhD because I want to uh, study this uh, um, uh, this field of study called political theology mm-hmm. because I think that no matter how much we say there's a separation of church and state, mm-hmm. you cannot separate religion from the conscious and the psyche of a human being mm-hmm. if they if it becomes the basis by which their morals are created mm-hmm. and so when people say um, people say oh I'm against abortion uh, uh, and things of that nature oftentimes, it's a moral, religious conviction, mm-hmm. no matter how they cut it. Sure. And so so that's what I want to study. But, but you know, it, it, it is an interesting dynamic, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I got to ask, and I think I got this right. Did you
0: find time somewhere last year to write a book that's on Amazon? I did write a book. <laughs> I was noticing this. I test wrote a book. Believe yeah, it.
3: yeah. I wrote a book called The Launching Pad for mm-hmm. People Fueled by Potential. And, um, um, it's, it's a small group book or it's an individual book and I help people, um, uh, take their potential and form it into realities. And Mm -hmm. so I deal with the analogy of a rocket ship. Mm -hmm. I was sitting and thinking, and this thought came to me that no matter how high a rocket goes, no matter what level astropho a rocket goes to, it all begins at a launching pad. And so I walk people through the Mm -hmm. process of NASA that they have from getting, a rocket from the launching pad into space and we if you and if you walk through that step the testing the the crew support the purpose of a launching pad the resources that launching pad has I said wow this is dynamic and so I take that as the metaphor to apply to our lives and apply um, those tools of NASA to how we can launch different ideas in our own life Uh, yeah 23 years old 23 why did you decide that right now was the time?
0: Did you just, have? has this always been something you've wanted to do or did you feel that the time was just there? Like, you
3: know, I always knew I would serve. Um, I always said to myself that if, if I felt I can contribute to the conversation, I had no problem standing up. You know, exactly. some, some people say, oh, I never thought I'd be an elected official. Mm-hmm. I've always been the one that said, look, if, if I have something to say to the conversation, I feel I can add something, I'm going to stand up because we need good people to stand mm-hmm. up. Um, so when I came back home, um, I felt that we could do more in Cornhill. Hmm. I felt that being in Rochester, I, I had worked with international politics, gone to Israel twice, um, uh, uh, visited Palestine, seen the conditions there. I, I, I talked with um, uh, uh, Student leaders from across the country organized the national agenda to help college leadership So I felt that I had gained some experience on the national level I had worked on the state level um, in terms of the Democratic Party and I felt that I can come back home and yield this strength and beyond that I felt that I can present real legislative uh, prowess to the conversation Um, and so I felt now was the time because I I um, um, uh, I knew that we needed someone to stand up in mm-hmm. Cornhill. I feel that we're on the, the fence where um, if we don't work now, yeah. um, there's so much on the ballot moving forward, whether mm-hmm. local elections, federal elections. I feel now is the time where we need people to organize locally. Mm-hmm. And so I just felt it was a good time to stand up and, and, and say, look, I'm here, I'm ready to serve. And if elected, I, I'll be willing to not just be a vote in City Hall for Cornhill, but to be a, a voice. So I I sort of want to expand on that just a little bit for Mm -hmm. people who don't know. Fifth Ward, what uh, sort of constitutes the
0: Fifth Ward for people who don't know? Yeah, so the
3: Fifth Ward is from Genesee Street all the way to uh, Conklin. Conklin, Parts parts of Conklin Mm because not all of Conklin. Sure. Um, And then from uh, south all the way up to Pleasant. Mm -hmm. So from south to the Parkway from Genesee Mm -hmm. um, right right before St. Vincent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, because I you know
0: I've worked in the companies I work with, whether it's jump Scholars or Made in Utica, we have the park downtown. Yeah. and uh, there's so much discussion, especially when you get into like the the crux of like these city things about revitalizing downtown, Bank yeah. Square, all these places oh, you yeah. want to revitalize. And I feel like we sort of ignore the places that most vitally need sort of infrastructure revital. and
3: oh, yeah. Uh, do you feel like we sort of ignore the places that, like, are, are we not paying enough attention to places that really need our help? I think it's not only not paying attention, but I think we're not looking at the um, root causes of why those places are the mm-hmm. way they are. Mm-hmm. And so we need to do root cause analysis of Corn Hill, and we need to understand that Corn Hill is a place that gets a lot of high-needs people mm-hmm. dumped into it. Yeah. Um, uh, you, we're, we're developing new housing now um, for people who are disabled and vets, um, uh, affordable housing. And... And I don't want to make any value statement on that sure. population. We need, we can do more for our vets. Mm-hmm. We can do more for people who are disabled. But it, it's a conversation need to be had. These we have to serve the people mm-hmm. who are in the community, right? And so Cornhill is composed of people who who need help, who who are mm-hmm. in need. And so um, I think that we don't often address the economic mm-hmm. pro- portfolio of the city with that in mind. And I don't right. think we often keep in mind the types of people in Cornhill, um, that way when we do something on a citywide level that's in, uh, like the hospital or something, I think we think that other cities are like Cornhill, I mean other places of the city are like Cornhill, and they're not. And so I think that we just have to be conscious about how is uh, the downtown going to trickle into Cornhill and right. that there's a continuity. Mm-hmm. Most of the issues in Utica is not that we don't have them in pockets of the city, it's that they're not interconnected. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's one of the things I wanna to go to City Hall and do is mm-hmm. see how we can connect the dots. Cause there's a lot of dots out there. Mm-hmm. If we can connect the dots where there's a, there's a path or there's a flow between downtown and Corn Hill mm-hmm. and West Utica and that the city flows together, then I think we'll start seeing uh, economic development citywide. Uh, There's a quote here from
0: the February 13th Observer Dispatch that I've really been thinking about a lot. And it was Mm -hmm. talking about, in your ward, the lowest average income per household is $17,437. That's unacceptable. I think there's a lot of discussion from everyone right now feeling that people are starting to fall behind. And there's this real concern that we are sinking into something we can't dig our way out of.
3: Yes, um, if you look on um, and and those numbers fluctuate depending mm-hmm. on what site you look on or sure. what data you look on or how up to date. But from the most part, the average person in Utica makes uh, uh, the most I've seen is twenty one thousand yeah. dollars. The most most places put it at nineteen to twenty thousand. As a
0: grad school uh, guy, like a guy who's in grad school and yeah. working in education, I can tell you it's about that. That's yeah, 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 <laughs> about yeah. what it is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So 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 that that's the yeah.
3: average income for a person. Yeah. Now you take up these um certain communities around Johnson Park not necessarily Johnson Park itself but around mm-hmm. that area around west around um Elm and Seymour and other places I have in in my district there are households like I said $17,400 lowest yeah. in household income. That's ridiculous. It's so so <laughs> then, but but then you couple that with the fact um that we have 78 to 80% employment. Yeah. It does not mean they, that they're not working. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, right? <laughs> it means that they they that we are in a welfare state essentially, mm-hmm. um, where people are they don't believe, and that's why my campaign slogan is "Believe Again." They they're nervous because they say, "Look, I'm going to work these hours." and I'm gonna to work to try to provide for myself, but I know I need assistance, mm-hmm. right? If I work more or try to progress and I fall just above the limit, then county's not gonna help me anymore. Mm-hmm. They're gonna say I make too much. Mm-hmm. And so we we hold people, and this is the problem of poverty, and this is why I say it's not just poverty, it's socioeconomic, mm-hmm. because we hold people then in places where they have to think, do I really try mobility? Mm-hmm. Do I really try for economic mobility? And even in trying, I know some people who say, look, I'd rather cut my hours and get public assistance mm-hmm. because I'm making 30, $32,000 mm-hmm. and I feel, str- I'm struggling, I feel tighter now making more money on my own than if I had county assistance. Well, and that's reality for a lot of people. It's crazy. Uh, there's this guy who's running for president this year. I don't think he's going to get enough uh, interest. Yang. And yeah. he talks
0: about the universal basic income yes. thing. And I'm, I'm not sure because I'm not a politics yeah, guy yeah. in that way. I'm more of a history major type yeah, guy. Yeah, but I do think to myself, like, God, a thousand dollars a month isn't doesn't seem like that much money, but what it would do oh, yeah. to the ability for someone to just buy groceries to pay yeah. you know, I'm I make an okay salary and I'm still struggling week to oh, week yeah. and I share an apartment with a guy. I mean right, like it's right, not right, like right. it shouldn't feel so difficult. At least that's what concerns me about the world we're sort of walking into.
3: Yes, it it it's it's tight and then and in Utica, um, you know, people say, well, you can get a job making decent money. It depends on your degree. It depends on what you're willing to work in. And in um, the job market here, there are a lot of jobs. Um, but, again, if you worked four years, um, I mean, if you went to school for four years, I don't think you want to come back here and make twenty-seven, thirty-two, thirty-four thousand dollars $34,000. And so we have to think – Consciously about that. I mean, uh, people say, "Well, grad students aren't coming back." Uh, but if you have the option to go and get more money to build a family, provide for your family, you know, you uh, uh, I, uh, most most people would do that. And so, I want Utica to no longer be the sacrifice of coming back home. Yeah. But to be the better option.
0: To be fair, when I came back from Brooklyn and yeah. I was there for six ish seven years, mm-hmm. I think all things considered, when I was doing my college down there. Mm-hmm. Even coming back, knowing that I wanted to come back and that I was gonna be better off with like not spending all this money, mm-hmm. there was still this feeling of like oh, I gotta go back and people are gonna be like, oh, why'd you come back? Mm-hmm. Well, because I like it. Yeah, I like yeah. it here. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I also think, too, and especially, and we can get into this, too, because you've done a really nice job on social media, I think, over Mm -hmm. the last couple of months, really, Mm -hmm. just letting people get yourself out there. Um, I think that because of technology, because of social media, because of the way that you can do the things you want to do, I don't have to live in New York City to do a podcast anymore. I think that there is going to be a
3: draw for people to stay where they're from and help build up the communities they, I hope so, at least. Yes, yes, yes. And I think when I look at, like handshake city when I look at the <laughs> you know, all of these exciting innovative things happening in the community. I love and then who cannot who can live in a in a world where you can't have access to chicken riggies whenever you want I them, you know, know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, so Utica is an amazing, amazing city, and I think we're on the rise. I do think we're behind other cities sure. in upstate New York, but I just think our time, our time is coming. I I think th- we were cynical too for a long time. Utica, yes. felt Even you know, growing up in
0: here, I was born in '86, mm-hmm. so I, I remember my parents even as like a ten-year-old before my. Right before our dad kind of was mm-hmm. doing his own thing, yeah. talking about like General Electric League and yeah, yeah. what it meant, and yeah. the the phrase like "last night you could turn off the lights" was a yeah. real thing that you'd see on bumper stickers. And yeah. It was like that was the mentality I left yeah. in two thousand and seven, yeah. right. and I came back. It really did feel like I was like, man, I got to do something to, because I feel like there's so many things going on. I'm gonna yes. get left in the dirt. Yes, yes. I also want to ask you this question because I've noticed, especially with this this Common Council, mm-hmm. I've I've talked to Steve Keblish. Uh, I've talked to T- uh, Sam Testa. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of younger folks. Mike Gallini. Uh, I just saw someone else who, uh, Chris, uh, Katie Aiello, running. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of young, a lot of youth movement. Oh, yeah. What
3: do you attribute to that sort of youth movement in this council? I think a lot of younger people are, are seeing the innovation and they say, I, I have ideas where we can do this better. Yeah. Utica is a great place, but I think a lot of the leadership here is just not attractive to younger no, people, right? It's not. And so I think younger people are stepping up to say, hey, I can do what you do. <laughs> yeah, well, I can do what you do And I can do it more Uh mm-hmm. Uh in a way that's appealing, yeah. because a lot of politics um, is about community participation, yeah. or at least it should be about com- uh, engaging the community. Mm-hmm. In order to engage the community, there has to be a sense of attraction to say, look, this is exciting, this is new, mm-hmm. I want to I want to get involved with that. And I think younger people are saying, look, it's a social media generation, I can do a good job with it, I, I have a message, we can spread it, we can uh, have a transparency there. And I think that's why you see a lot of younger people stepping up. Mm-hmm. And then it's time, you have a huge age gap between um those who run the city now yeah. and people who are running and now, so i think that's an interesting dynamic i think you're on to something there because mm-hmm. one of the things i i remember
0: you probably remember this uh did you go to the washington dc with the young scholars when you were in high school yeah no i missed that trip you missed that trip that was a shame that was a good trip oh, uh, missed, i'm sorry I, I didn't mean to bring you down <laughs> that i missed that trip i i went mm-hmm. to dc one year mm-hmm. and um you know i'm i'm a i'm a democrat and yeah. D.C. in particular is very, especially now, feels very tense when you walk around. You don't want to say anything that might, you know, sometimes if I'm around my buddies, I know what they, you know, their their political lineage, you can make jokes, but I don't want to make some sort of Trump joke in D.C. and have somebody get like, you know, hey, that's my president yelling at me. And this is what happened. I was in, um, you know, I was in. Uh, I was in somewhere in public, and someone made a passing reference to Trump, and I couldn't help but like make a joke. Mm-hmm. And this lady yelled and screamed at me, and we got in a sort of a, a loud debate about politics. And one of the things she said to me was like, "You kids don't know what you're talking about. That's a problem with you kids." Mm-hmm. And I said to her, "I was like, lady, I'm 33 years old. I'm not yeah, a yeah. kid. I'm oh, yeah. like, I voted for John Kerry. Like, yeah. I'm not. I'm old right, right, enough, right, right? right?" And I wonder sometimes if we are in a generation where. The generation above us, the older generation, doesn't view twenty-year-olds,
3: even thirty-year-olds, to a certain extent, as adults, and don't feel ready to let go of that ring. I think that's part of it. I mean, yeah. you're talking to someone who's twenty-three years old yeah. right now, the youngest person running in New York, if elected, the mm. youngest African-American elected official. So, so twenty-three. It's a lot of it's a lot of people looking at me to mm. to 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 make some sort of change, and mm. they see me. Um, as as the ushering in of new Mm -hmm. leadership now that being said I know a lot of people are saying kid you don't know nothing of course or people are going to be looking at me saying how can I manipulate him to let him see the political landscape of this city the way that I want him to see it and so that's what a lot of it is but you get in and you do the work do you also think that it means you have to like work twice as hard to make absolutely. sure because they're gonna pre- they're gonna come after you oh, twice yeah. as hard just because you're young? Absolutely, uh, yeah. That's absolutely. Mm-hmm. We have to work twice as hard. We have to be twice as smart. We have to make sure mm-hmm. um, because look, politics is politics, mm-hmm. and so I'm learning very on uh, uh, that you stand on your own mm-hmm. two feet. You hear both sides, but then you make your own decision, mm-hmm. and sometimes that's tough and difficult to do. Um, but but I think now uh, more than ever. Um, I think I'm in a position to uh, bring some sort of integrity back to to, to the area and to to be a strong voice to actually look I don't I tell them I said I'm my own man (laughs) I don't owe anybody anything and I'm just standing up to do to be clean and be a strong voice for the community and I mean that
0: yeah. So, just full disclosure, uh, we were actually supposed to do this interview yesterday and we had to push it back because uh, you uh, went to some stuff about Bill Phillips. Yes. Yes. Uh, I didn't know Bill very well. I did a little Mm -hmm. bit of research. It was 11 years of community service, I think over two terms. Yes. you seem to have known bill pretty well Uh, can you talk a little bit about like what it meant to to know
3: him before yeah yeah so so i didn't know him as well you know Mm -hmm. um um, i was you know i'm i'm young sure (laughs) yeah so 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 um uh families you know my family knows knows his Mm -hmm. family they grew up together and stuff like that um but just seeing his work in the community being a mentor to even uh, councilman jerome mckenzie Mm -hmm. and others who who had ran before him i wish that um you know, because it's unfortunate that yeah. that he passed. I wish I I had the opportunity to really sit and talk with him like others who've come before yeah. me did. So, so, so that, I, so I don't, I don't have that opportunity, but, um, but his son has been, uh, uh Marcus has been uh, more than grateful that, that if I need anything, he said he will be right there to, to help me and to give any advice. And when we talked on the phone, he, he was right there to, 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 uh, to support. And so that's exciting. But, but the, but the main thing for me is, um, I know. I know. Listening to, to Bill is that um, he wanted nothing more but for Cornhill to thrive yeah. again, and 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 if I can do that, I think that's the best way for me to to honor his legacy. Is to um, doing all in my power to uh, take care of Cornhill, but also make sure that the community rebuilds itself mm-hmm. again. Yeah, and of course, folks,
0: we're talking to Delvin J. Moody. Uh, he is the Utica Fifth Ward candidate for Common Council. Uh, you can check out his website, DelvinMoody.com. You're also on Facebook at Delvin Moody for Common Council. Yes. Um, and again, I said you're on Twitter, so I've seen you on all the Facebook social media. Yeah. Uh, I got. I just have to ask because I talked to a lot of people in politics about this. Uh, you know, I talked to Steve about this a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Social media is a bit of a landmine as a as a as a progressive, as a Christian, as a young black man. I can't imagine. Like, do you
3: feel like you get a lot of people interested in engaging with you on social media? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I get a whole bunch of people. And then I get into arguments on Twitter. You know, I get into argument. You know, one of my friends just came out as a as a black Trump supporting mm. conservatives, so I you see. can imagine how that comes. <laughs> and then, mind you, I was just talking to him the week mm. before about being a Democratic candidate yeah. in in Hampton. So, mm. uh, so, so it's so Twitter and or I'm arguing about the Israel and Palestine yeah. conflict and the dynamics with yeah. there. And so, so, yeah, I get in trouble, but I try to be conscious. Yeah. I try and because I grew up in church, I've never been the one so there's no pictures of me drunk at a party or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. So 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 on that end I'm good. Mm-hmm. But you know, but I, I you know, I have I have been open on Twitter yeah. and, and social media and Facebook and stuff. So I I think mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a pro and con, right?
0: I think well it's something that we talk about all the time in the show. It's not going away. No, I was no. about fifteen when I got my first cell phone again. Mm-hmm. So you gotta like understand like, and even then <laughs> when I say my first cell phone. I mean, an old style, oh, not a yeah. smartphone, like oh, yeah. the one that just like a big block, you oh, kick yeah. it across the table uh-huh. and it just be fine. So I think that um, I think that growing, you know, even like ten years difference, like the the ability that you guys had in that 2014 class, mm-hmm. those 2015, these upcoming classes to use technology to yeah. their advantage is so much greater than even yeah. the ten years ago when I started using it. Yeah. So. I, I think that you almost have to learn how to sink or swim on there now because yeah. it's not going away.
3: But it's good messaging, but yeah. it does not replace participation. It's true, and I think that's the downside mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. social media, and especially in politics, because sharing a post mm-hmm. is not the equivalent of calling your legislator. It's very true. You, you see, and so and so, what what I'm trying to do is not just have people know I'm running not just sharing the message but having having that be a catalyst for younger people to put the work in because oftentimes they'll share a post they're they're put up a hashtag but they won't vote they won't call the legislature. Yeah. They won't hold government accountable. Exactly. And older people, older politicians are not on Facebook. They don't care how many times you like a post, share no, a post, put a hashtag anything. up. You need to be active. <laughs> you know, they don't care. You can have 15,000 views. What does that mean to them? You know what I mean? Exactly. So, So so I, I, I'm heavy on social media, but I'm walking the streets every day, knocking on doors because I want people to be involved in, in participating. Uh, Dove, this has been a great conversation. I had a great time talking to you. Uh, you ready for some lightning round questions, real quick?
0: Before yes, we... let's beautiful. Do it. All right, so I have two that are not normally in here, but I thought they were interesting. Uh, what What are you a big fan of uh, that we wouldn't necessarily guess you're a big fan of?
3: Uh, sacred Steel music, which is the steel guitar. Steel guitar, really? Yes, I play oh, the steel guitar. Nice. Yeah, like the lap steel. Yes, I play lap. Was steel. you got the? Uh, like the I, yeah.
0: Oh man, yeah. I see. I'm a. I grew up with like up with the Beatles cuz my parents mm-hmm. always listened to the Beatles mm-hmm. my, my stepdad did my mm-hmm. dad didn't listen to anything. Right right. Frank Sinatra I think is okay. the Italian like i just <laughs> right. in the background occasionally. Right. Um but uh, steel guitar is the one like the few instruments that I've never really understood like the mm-hmm. concept of what I'm doing. Right <laughs> right I, right. I can play the drums
3: I can play the synth I can right, play the guitar right. bass yeah. but a little intimidating. I have to come by. I got to steal guitar. <laughs> yeah, so that's that's uh, my thing. Uh, what's uh, this is always an interesting one for
0: people in politics. What's the most interesting thing you've heard about yourself that isn't true? <laughs>
3: what's the most interesting thing that I heard about myself that isn't true? Uh, I don't it's know. A tough one. It's a tough question. I probably should have leaned yeah, into that. I don't know if uh, that isn't true. I mean, I've not heard bad stuff.
0: That's good. I mean, like in general, I feel like. I'd be scared to get into politics mostly because I wouldn't be able to stop myself from like Swinging back at people on yeah. on social media, I can't yeah.
3: help it. I'm too yeah. old. I'm too curmudgeon I just can't so, help myself. So, so I will tell you what. Let's save that question for for when I'm in office. I'm sure to be some. some <laughs> I'm sure to uh, be a whole bunch of stuff that they they could probably say. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So let me give you um let me give you our six
0: questions. These are the same six lightning round questions we ask everybody who's been on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delvin J Moody.
3: When you wake up in the morning, how do you take your coffee? I take it um, if I'm going to drink it. I take it six and three, so six cream, three sugars. Mm, smart. Yes. If you feel, I've noticed it with the kids I deal with in Proctor now, mm-hmm.
0: they don't really drink as much coffee. I'm a tea You're a tea person, really, yes. very nice. Black I tried tea. to get in
3: black tea. Very mm-hmm. nice, like the lifting black tea, or just like the fancy ones. It, any any kind, Man. long as it's black. I like the um, breakfast black breakfast, yeah. English breakfast, mm-hmm. yes, mm-hmm. with um, sugar and lemon.
0: I tried to do the
3: green tea thing for a while, and I kind of didn't didn't, oh, no. didn't do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was your first automobile? My first automobile that I bought, I'm very proud of. <laughs> uh, uh, it's Kia Optima, white, yeah, and Optima. it is outside. So, yes. yes, you're still riding. I love it. Still riding. It. Oh, yeah. uh, so you may or may not have taken your Kia Optima to see it. Uh, but what was your first live music event? Live music event was um, oh yeah, uh, Blue Man. Crew. Blue Man Group. Oh my God! Did that qualify? <laughs> yeah, that yeah, qualify, yeah for sure. <laughs> My live music, first live. Yeah, mm. that was that was dope.
0: Um, I think I uh, we talked about this one earlier. Uh, if you could have dinner with any person living or dead
3: who is not your relative, who would it be? Martin like. Luther King. Martin, Martin, Luther, Martin Luther King, because would one I would want to know. Being a youth minister myself, mm. how he was able to go from the pulpit and make such a change mm. politically. Mm. I, I would want to. I would want to hear not the stuff. I want to hear the back end how you sure. built that movement cuz it had to be strategic people oh, yeah. recognized Rosa Parks was planned mm-hmm. all that stuff yeah. so how how did you build that movement yeah. how do you create this movement for people to get yes. to behind and to sustain
0: things? it wonderful yeah. uh give me one book album movie or television show you are currently
3: reading listening to or watching i am watching um designated survivor again mm-hmm. cuz i'm okay. waiting for the new series and i just started um, and I'm waiting for the new episode, American Gods. American Gods. That's I read the my book. stuff. never watched the show. Yes, so I'm a Harry Potter. That probably should have been my question. I, I love Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter. I love Harry Potter. So I think that that's a generational thing. Yes. A lot of uh,
0: people I know like a couple years younger than me, five, mm-hmm. six years younger than me, they love, love Harry Potter. Oh, yeah. I think I might have, because I had the first Harry Potter book, mm-hmm. and I read it, and I was like, ah. I'm I was like reading
3: Stephen King at the time, mm-hmm. so I was like, "This is a
0: little bleh. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh But I, I think I missed out because people Let me tell you, love it. I, love no, it. it's it's a real thing. Let me yeah. tell you, I, I, I bought wax seals. I <laughs> told my family we're researching, so my family has a crest now that we got oh sanctioned God, and commissioned. Oh yeah, we got we went to a herald, got a sanctioned and commissioned <laughs> from England. So it's a full like full blown deal. I have to say Delvin Moody could be a wizard's name. It has a
0: wizard in it. It does. People, you know. <laughs> uh, give me and last but not least, uh Delvin J Moody, uh fifth ward common council candidate. Uh give me one more thing that you are passionate about.
3: I'm passionate about cooking. Cooking, smoked really? barbecue. Ooh. Yeah, what's your you got a smoker or like the Yeah, we oh, you know my yeah. family opened up a smoke shop on the really? right next to Boss. Oh wow. Okay. Yes, nice. It's um and so I'm 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 I love it. Smoked food. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, listen, Devin, I'm glad we got to do this.
0: Uh, I, I love seeing all this, like, exciting youth mm-hmm. movement, especially in local politics. Yeah. We talk on the show all the time now. I'm I'm really hoping that we get so disconnected when we talk about national politics sometimes mm-hmm. because it's so big and so overwhelming. I'm really, really hoping that over the next 10 to 20 years, we start to see more people Invested in local politics where you can make that real change. Really, again, it's like education. You want to see those tangible changes. Yeah. Uh, and I'm very glad uh, that, that the programs that I've worked for in the past have been able to help you. And I'm, I can't, I'm so excited going forward Absolutely. for you. Absolutely. Uh, thank you very much, folks. we we'll back to the show in just a moment. have the links for everything. DelvinMovie.com. J- Delvin uh, he's also on Facebook. Movie for Common Council. We're getting a lot of Common Council
1: people on the show. It's,
0: season. it's the season. It is the season. We'll have a few
1: sure. more before the season's out, too, I bet.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we will. I'm sure we will. It's always nice to talk to the Common Council folks. I did talk to Delvin, though. It does seem to be the, the young spot now for a politician to come in. A lot of the young folks, a lot of young interest in that Common Council sure. position now seems sure. to be... Which I, mean, I guess in the long run's a good sign, right? Yeah, absolutely. yeah, young folks getting involved. Absolutely. Heather, why don't you run for comic council? No. Nah, no. 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 I'm surprised you don't run. You, uh, you Yeah, like I know. You, yeah you would be good for that's it. They say, Come on. <laughs> that's <what> they, say. <laughs> they say a lot of things. They also said you'd be good at football, but I said you'd never had the makings of a varsity athlete. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that's you know, nice. that's nice. from The Sopranos as well. Oh, Watch sorry. The Sopranos. I, know. I got it. I just no sold it. <laughs> <laughs> um, you yeah, I
1: don't know. If somebody wants to finance me, I'd be glad to. But like that shit costs money. Mm, and, like, I like my money where it is, in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not really trying to go buy a bunch of mm. signs. And... Uh, that's a great so, point. Uh, it's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, what, what do you guys want? Things? You want history lessons first?
0: No. Or, uh Or bits from no. other people's blogs? I think we
1: have history uh, first. History first? Let's, history first. let's, let's, get, let's, let's get, get
0: through it the history. <laughs> uh, well, it was, it's a long show, so we can blast through the history lessons. Uh, on this day, 1541. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Hernando de Soto observed the first recorded flood in America. It was of the Mississippi wow. River. Um, so, I won't get too far into DeSoto. Is
1: Fernando DeSoto observing floods? Uh, but I will
0: say, it's like anything else. Like, I can't imagine, like... The first person who saw a flood happen, <laughs> like the first time you saw it happen, it must have been horrifying. You're like, My God, the river is coming after me. You're like boys, oh, where's
1: all this water coming boys, from? You?
0: What's going on? It must it's like, is it like the, the natural equivalent of like the first time as an adult that you go into the bathroom and you flush the toilet and the water starts coming up? You're like, oh no, oh no, what do I do? But like on a natural geographic scale. I
2: don't
0: know. I don't think a flood works the same way. It's I don't
2: not think like so either. A I don't feel more traumatic. Sometimes a lot of
1: different kinds of floods. Um, you ever interested in a YouTube deep dive? Uh, there's a lot of great videos on YouTube of flash floods. Yeah, flash floods. And flood. how quick a flash flood will show up, especially for people who spend time in the woods and the riverbeds. That stuff can get wild. Uh,
0: DeSoto landed in Florida with 600 troops, uh, 200 horses, servants, and a pack of bloodhounds. Uh, he went on to subdue the natives, which is a really, like, uh, PC way of saying, like, killing a bunch of people, right?
1: The Subduing the
0: natives. Subduing uh, Seizing any valuables, they uh, stumbled upon and preparing the region for eventual Spanish colonization. And a some really... say
1: Florida has been cursed ever since. <laughs> yeah.
0: He did fail to find gold and silver, but he did seize a valuable collection of pearls. So he's got that going wow. for him, which is nice. Uh, all right, so moving on, 1933. Uh, English actor Michael Caine is born He's appeared in more than 130 films In his career spanning 70 years uh, Considered a British film icon Heather, name some Michael Caine movies God, for me Why do you go with me? Because I, I know, know you I... can't name any I, of them Thank you, <laughs> I
2: can't What I heard, maybe, maybe I know
0: Well come on, you know Michael Caine He's got that voice, any... the Cockney voice, right? A lot of guys, oh, gonna oh. That voice no. isn't going to do it. He's known for his Cockney accent, he's an older guy He, he was, was in...
1: Alfred in the new Batman movies
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> but Batman. Yep. Uh, his
0: first movie was nineteen. 19- he was incredible in Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Some of his classic films, Zulu, nineteen sixty four, Alfie, nineteen sixty six, he got nominated for an Academy Award. Uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, nineteen ninety two, was his first starring role in several years True. and sort of led to a career resurgence. And I actually do remember Muppet Christmas Carol, him playing Scrooge. Oh, of course. And
1: he's excellent. That's a good Christmas Carol movie, by the he's way. He's very good in the prestige. He
0: was in a lot that was the other one I was going to say. He's appeared in a lot of Christopher Nolan movies. He's mm-hmm. like connected to He's him. Them, yeah, the Prestige, Inception, Inception, Interstellar, all the Batman movies. Uh, he got nominated for Academy Award in The Cider House Rules, which is one of those movies I've heard of but never seen and probably will never see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, this is an interesting fact. He is one of only two actors who's been nominated for an Academy Award in every decade from the 1960s through the nine through the 2000s. Who is the other actor? Another male actor, only one actor from 1960 to 2000 who's been nominated for an Academy Award
1: in every decade. Uh, American actor. Oh, uh, boy. Um, Marlon Brando? No, nobody was, uh, nobody was getting him that late.
0: He played a comic book villain.
1: played a comic book villain? It's not Jack Nicholson. Anthony it no? is Jack Nicholson, oh. yes. Oh, he Jack was a comic book villain. I was going to say that villain, before guess, yeah. you said comic
0: yeah. So, oh, were you? It oh,
2: was. Wow. No, I was thinking. Well,
0: now that. I'm ruling my as a you. So I now know, we're, all, we're all here. Cool. Uh, and he got knighted by the queen in 2000. So that's I think that's pretty dope, by the way. That's the ultimate honor. Being be knighted
1: is be all right. Being knighted. <laughs> well, what kind of privileges come <laughs> from <of> being knighted? <laughs> call you sir. Hey, everybody calls me sir anyway. They have to call you sir, I suppose. Well, we impose that rule when we need to. Um, I would. What else? I mean, they gotta have like enough ruins. Like you should get a castle or horses. Uh, an old or castle. Something. <laughs> I'd like to know. I'd like to find out do what you, the privileges do are. Do
0: you have a favorite Michael Caine movie? Before I move on. Uh, Interstellar. Interstellar uh, or The Dark Knight. I mean, Dark Knight. Either or. Uh, Jaws I liked to both a lot for different reasons. Jaws 4 The Revenge is my oh, favorite see, Michael Caine I see, movie. I see why you're No, you know what? Me. No, it's funny. <laughs> funny story about this movie because he gets asked about Jaws 4 The Revenge is one of the worst movies of all time. And yeah. he's in the movie. And someone asked him about this. It was like a late night show. They're like, Did you enjoy working on Jaws 4? He's like, I liked the house it bought for me in Miami. You know what I mean? And I was like, Good for you, Michael Caine. Uh, all right. On this date, 1968, uh, LBJ, President Johnson, signs a bill eliminating the gold cover. Uh, prior to the removal of the gold cover, every Federal Reserve Bank had to be required to hold a gold certificate reserve for no less than 25% against the Federal Reserve note liability. It means no more gold backing for paper money on this day mm-hmm. in 1968. Uh, politicians quickly seized. Uh, quickly realized there was no longer. They no longer had to increase taxes in order to increase spending. Uh, especially vote buying spending on their favorite special interest groups. Government could borrow to fund ever increasing deficits, secure in the knowledge that their servants to the Federal Reserve, freed by LBJ from the weight of any necessary gold reserve to back their Federal Reserve notes, would simply create the money out of thin air and buy the debt obligations not absorbed by the credit market. That's it. That's my whole take Jeez. on LBJ.
1: Yeah, Can you read that any faster? I'd like to to absorb less. (laughs) Well, uh, there you go. LBJ. LBJ, important moment. Uh, Well, I want to get the other stuff in. It's a long show. I hear you. All
0: right, on this day... We're just teasing. It's okay. On this day, 2002, the Ramones were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They are sometimes cited as the first true punk rock group, which I think is eye-rolling as well. Uh, And despite achieving only limited commercial success, the band was highly influential in the U.S. and U.K. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Kevin, I need your help on this one. Yeah, they performed two thousand two hundred and sixty-three concerts. This band has been around for how long? The Ramones since the since the like the seventies. That seems like a small amount of concerts. Two thousand two hundred
1: and sixty-three over what thirty years? Yeah,
2: that that's
1: seem a, that's seems kind of small. Where would Ish. That be a year? But they were never like a.
2: Like an arena kind of sell at all. They
0: they toured t- nonstop for twenty two years. Uh. So that's a that's a hundred concerts a year.
2: But do punk bands? I feel like that's crazy? about
0: what you'd be doing if you were a band, right? That's I don't I don't know. It yeah, seems it sort of seems a concerts a year. It seemed low when Super I mean
1: given any given even the largest of national scale tours are like what forty dates a year. I'm like the WWE. I'd be doing two hundred days of shit, two hundred days
0: a year. I'm out here playing. I'm playing. I'm trying to get my music out there to the world. Yeah. 5000 shows. That's, that's Maybe they fun. were lazy. They might have been lazy. They were party man. boys. They did not yeah. uh, they are ranked
1: number 27. They also didn't get along for like most of that's that time. That's a great time. point Everybody too. always breaking up, getting new guys. Did
0: you know they're not really all brothers. They're not yeah, really of named Marmone. No. True story. Did you know that? I didn't know that. <laughs> uh Rolling Stone ranked them as number 26 in their 100 greatest artists of all time. BH1 ranked them number 17 in their 100 greatest artists in hard rock. Uh, they got the Grammy for a lifetime achievement award. They're ranked the second greatest band of all time by Spin magazine, which seems like an incredible overreach. I'm um, okay. So the point I'm getting at here is I'm going to sit here and tell you that I think the Ramones are kind of overrated. That's my, of my that's my take. I never really cared about the Ramones. Yeah. Same. It did get me thinking about bands that people universally revere that I don't like. I came up with two that I could kind of give or take. One is Bruce Springsteen, the other is Bob Dylan. I don't necessarily, I don't get the the drive why people love them so much. It's just not for me. So it got me thinking for you guys, is there anything that you feel like you're supposed to love? Some universally, critically revered band that you're kind of like, meh.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, as always, I'll think of it as soon as we go taping because it'll take me a minute yeah. to, to get my brain back into that space or I'll come up with it more in the next segment. But yeah, there's definitely a few bands like that. Anyone
0: for you, Heather, any bands you can uh, think of you're supposed to like that you're not really all that featured? No. I Rolling I Stones, Pink Floyd, Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Any of those bands? You love them all? I like...
2: I like no. Pink Floyd, <laughs> I guess. I wasn't a Pink Floyd person, but I don't know. I, haven't, I have to think about it for a second.
0: I think Pink Floyd probably is a hard band to... They have a higher, it's easier to dislike Pink Floyd. There's like a weirdness to Pink Floyd that you I don't do get with. I do
2: the Beatles, for sure. You don't, you don't care about the Beatles that Beatles, much? Like, That's a take that I'm like,
0: hearing more and more yeah. of now. I think people were told that they had to love the Beatles for a really long time. <laughs> I feel like everybody time. just did. And, I yeah. did love the Beatles for a long, I still love the Beatles for a long time. But I, if someone came up and said, the Beatles are overrated, I'd be like, yeah, it's fine. Like I, it, I wouldn't be offended, wouldn't lose any sleep over it. Uh, all right, moving on. On this day in 2012, Wendy's. Oh, Eminem. Eminem. I don't like Eminem. Ooh, an interesting really? take. I actually huh. don't find the first couple Eminem albums all that engaging, to be honest. Like the,
1: like the the, what was the, the one? Those are the ones that are considered like his. No, no, facets.
0: no. But like this, the very, very first one, like, like the Slim, Slim Shady, Shady. That LP. one doesn't do it for me. I him. It's like, a little, loved all of Eminem. I liked Eminem show, and I like Marshall Mathers LP. That's about. As much as I can get out of Eminem, because uh, a lot of the stuff that he was doing, like that edgy stuff, doesn't hold up for me. When you listen to it now; it just seems
1: I didn't like Then I always I say this about uh, hip hop music specifically all the time. I don't like funny rap. I'm not really into like funny songs.
0: I understand what you mean. I'm um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. not
1: into like like the shock or like the the humor yeah, or the yeah. whole like I can't believe they said that. It just doesn't do anything for me. Mm. That's fair. I can I can understand that.
0: It, it did mm-hmm. seem. I guess corny is not the right word. A little corny. Definitely a word, though. All right. In 2012, Wendy's overtakes Burger King to become the second biggest hamburger chain. Now, I thought this was interesting. As I was reading the research on this, I found out there's a new number two. It used to be Wendy's. Wendy's passed Burger King in 2012. In 2007. Best what? Uh, Best selling hamburger chains. Hamburger chain. Okay. Pay. A new restaurant, though, has passed, even though I don't consider it a hamburger chain, I consider it a fast food chain. It is now the number two competitor to McDonald's. It is not Wendy's. It is not Burger King. What is it? Uh, the fastest growing it had like
2: a White castle. It? No. Fastest
0: growing fast food chain of 2017. Fast food chain or fast burger food chain? chain? Fast food chain. Sonic.
2: Taco Bell. Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Chick-fil-A is a pair of burgers.
0: Fast food chain, I said.
1: It's a burger chain. I said, okay. you just asked me just now. I said fast it's food. A burger chain. No, yeah, you but, said I say, say, but I can but you're then talking, you're like, I, I don't think this counts because I think this is fast food, not yeah, a This is what chain. the number but gave the me. They
0: said bad. The point they're getting at is that Chick-fil-A over the last year and a half, like, doubled their sales. People of, like, like more, it. I hear they great Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Isn't, we don't have one around
1: here. Ah, uh, Syracuse. Yeah, well, right. I mean, in like the immediate
0: proximity. I'm not driving to Syracuse for a damn chicken sandwich. No. But if you're out there. Uh, it is important to note, however, that Chick-fil-A will not overtake McDonald's U.S. total anytime soon. Impossible. It would. So, last year, it grew at a 14.2 rate, uh, Chick-fil-A, which is a huge number. And McDonald's simply did nothing. Stayed exactly the same where it's always been. If that stayed, it would still take 21 years for Chick-fil-A to pass McDonald's because McDonald's bangs out that money and they just have that money all the time. Mm-hmm. Pretty crazy how much money McDonald's has. All right. End of the history lessons. Oh, jeez going over time here. All right. Bits from other blogs. I have a bit from another blog. Do Nobody, just do it.
1: Nobody. Yeah. People are listening? All right. They don't know. They're not timing. <laughs> yeah.
2: They're just in their car listening
1: to us right now. <laughs> maybe it uh, work. Skipping yeah. work. This yeah.
0: is a question from my one of my favorite uh, mailbags in the world, the Deadspin Fun Bag. Uh, guys, what is the optimal time to go to your local grocery store? The parameters for the question are this. One, minimize the amount of time needed to wait in line at the checkout. And two, minimize travel time to get home once I'm ooh, back ooh, in my car. Ooh, ooh. Oh, you like this one? I do. Go ahead. What do you got it's for 10 me? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock in the morning? Yeah. In the morning?
2: Yeah. Because when I go, there was never anybody in there, and it, I got right there and back home.
0: 10 o'clock is kind of an interesting time because you get people who are like, I want to go to the grocery store early and beat the rush. So sometimes you go to the grocery store real early on a Saturday morning, and it's surprisingly like full of people. Yeah. We right?
1: Don't. I will say, I don't think the part the part for when to like get home the fastest really applies to us. Right, because you true, know what I mean. True, true, just, true. It's all kind of the same. Um, I can say for sure, definitely not when I usually go, which is like two thirty on like a Sunday. Always the worst. Not the yeah. best time. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Um, but no, I would say going towards like in the in I've had really good luck going in the evening on earlier weeknights. Yeah. You get in there on like a Tuesday or Wednesday at like seven thirty p.m. That's a really good time to get in, unless you're. I mean, if you're one of those people who does all your grocery shopping at like a Walmart. Then I would recommend going even later. Yeah, like
2: 11. Uh, especially if
1: you—I mean, if you work a schedule that you know has you on later hours and stuff like that, where it's not crazy to be up and out at eleven thirty or midnight, you can go then and do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like it just goes all the way through. But I think Walmart is very, very limited as a grocery store as well. So, what can you so do? I'm gonna say for me,
0: I will go early in the morning on like a Saturday or mm. Uh, mm. wherever. Real early in the morning because I don't care if it takes me a long time early in the morning because where, where am I going? Where am I going? Where am I? What the hell like am I got doing? Amongst right. People, anyway. I'm out. Yeah. I'll uh, until I'll I am, am. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, all you people. You know what it does? The first time though, I will say lately that I feel like I want some AirPods. I'd like to be able to listen to my podcasts when I'm walking through the through the grocery
1: store. Take that of. Bluetooth speaker you <laughs> Yeah, <it> just <laughs> put it on my <laughs> shoulder and make everyone else listen to it. I've got actually, I've got a, a shopping related thing to bring up. Mm. Um, when's the last time either of you guys went to the Cash and Carry? Anybody go to the Cash yeah, and Carry. Man, it's been a long time. Yeah, that place is crazy. Yeah, really. I went there on Friday. Um, huh. I also went to Broad Street Flea Market, which is even mm. crazier. People should definitely go down there. Very weird, uh, but very cool. Cash and Carry. But yeah, the Cash and Carry. I went down there because we needed to get a thousand plastic cups. And yeah, yeah. So you know, so you can get you know large scale yeah. stuff like that and just buy by the case and whatever. And it's like it's really like stepping into a time machine. Yeah. It's really like stepping <laughs> into a time machine. It was really cool, and um, I would like to find more reasons to go there mm. for things.
0: That's fair. I don't ever think to go to the cash and carry. I think you it's would. more than anything else, you right? Would. yeah. All right, I got a couple quick uh, nonsense stories for you guys on the way out. Two of them are television-related. Uh, did you read this week anything about Saturday Night Live is getting accused of plagiarizing other people's sketches? No. Uh, yeah, earlier this week, a sketch group, uh, it was called oh, i got to find the name of it. It was— online, there are two specific sketches that were ripped off. This group called the Temple Horses. is a comedy troupe. Uh-huh. Uh, there was two sketches, the Pumpkin Patch and Pound Puppies, which are recent SNL sketches that used similar, if not exact, sketches to two Temple Horse sketches. They're getting a lot of press for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you be surprised to find out that SNL is plagiarizing their skits, Kevin or Heather?
2: I would be. Uh, you would be. Yeah.
0: I would say this. I think comedy is kind of like music. I think people kind of you kind of run across
1: similar ideas, right? Yeah. It's hard to... I would like to see... God. No, no, go no, ahead. No, no. I was just say, I would like to see uh, the proof. Like yeah. to see both it's, sketches it's back. It's 2019, it's 2018, so if you guys have done a sketch, then you've recorded it. You okay. have the video. So let's see the video and compare. Um, I would be surprised if they were blatantly doing it and trying to get away with it. I would be less surprised if some writer was trying to sneak it in and pass off their own ideas, like as a... Okay. Sort of like like a rogue actor in a yeah. writing team, but I would be I would still be surprised that they weren't you know vetting something like that harder. But then again, how would they know if they've got? I'd be curious to see who specifically these sketches are coming from the SNL team as mm-hmm. the writer, and I think that's where your answer probably lies. There's
0: definitely a there's a, there's a joke I always say like there's only so many so many notes on the on the scale right like eventually you run across the same melodies and you run across the same beats. I always think about that with music yeah. right like it's sometimes about and I guess it's how general. A sketch is right. The more general something is, the more obvious it is. Because when you're
1: talking about writing a sketch, I mean, you can be a lot more specific than you can with a song. Because like, there's only so many notes on the musical scale, but there's a hell of a lot more words and combination of words than there are notes. But there's a
0: lot more content now than there ever was. So it's probably easier to run across something that's already been done because there's 9,000 different sketch troops and they mm-hmm. all have YouTube channels and they're all coming up with new ideas sure. or hot takes on something. For sure. The the air for takes to exist is much more full now than it was mm-hmm. 20 years ago. I, but yeah, I think there's a lot to it. Uh, the other one this week, uh, the Impractical Jokers guys, you ever heard of that show? Yeah. They're getting sued for unknowingly filming a woman while she was eating at uh, with her coworkers at City Kitchen in Times Square. That's... Um, It just makes me wonder, you'd think that more people would get sued for, like, these things like this anyway, if, like, prank shows. Because my assumption is, if you go on, like, a prank show, you have to sign a waiver. Yeah, that's what I thought. But but if you sign a waiver beforehand, wouldn't you know you're going to be on a prank show? So isn't the idea, they pull the prank, and they're like, sorry, this was a prank, if you want us to do it on the show, you can sign the waiver, if not, we'll get rid of the tape, right? So did she sign, she didn't
2: sign a waiver, or she...
0: Well, I guess the assumption would be, like, she didn't want to sign the waiver, didn't want to be involved in the prank, and is now suing them, right? But, like, wouldn't... Sort of defeats the purpose of a prank show if you have Is to call. Is that what
1: it. it sounds like? Because the way you said it to me it sounds like she's a lady who was in a restaurant where she was filming, yeah. saw herself in the background on their show, and was like, "Hey, I like money."
4: That's why. Uh, so here's what it says. that's what it sounds that's like to I me. Uh,
0: she refused to sign a waiver after the shoot, but claimed her face was clearly recognizable while an episode of the sh- uh, of the show was on, and she feels disrespected for it. So she she may have been in the background then and didn't want to sign a waiver, and they just said, "The hell with it. We're going to use your face anyway."
1: Could just be like an issue. You're they, gonna use her face. If you're in the background, you're not using her face or maybe they just just forgot to that, cut her out. Yeah,
2: or yeah, they just assumed that this wasn't a problem because she yeah, I got I got, of it.
1: I got nothing for this lady. I hope yeah. she gets zero dollars. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: All right. And then uh I also uh last but not least, uh Kevin, have you ever heard of the rock and, uh, the, the metal band Lamb of God? I think you have. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of them. You've heard of them? Are you a fan of Lamb of no. God? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I am <laughs> you're not the Lamb of
1: God's awesome. They have, uh, they're pretty they have a live D V D called Killadelphia. They're pretty uh, good. It was really good. If you like metal, they're quite good. I
0: just heard it recently though. Uh well like recently do you like them more than you like the Westboro uh, Baptist uh ministers <laughs> the yeah they're both <laughs> Well uh the only uh the Westboro Baptist Church, like notorious uh internet trolls and yeah, the starters. ones who
1: always the ones who protest outside soldiers' funerals. Yeah, yeah. With the uh, the God hates, like all the slurs. Yeah, they're known like for their
0: neon colored hate signs Homophobic and their slurs. big protests. Uh the lead singer of Lamb of God, his name is Randy Blythe. He uh, he ordered a counter party to pro, uh, to counter a protest that they were he- uh, holding in Richmond, Virginia. Yeah, yeah, uh, which is where got is from, Virginia yeah. band. Uh, but what was really interesting is he made a point to all the people who are saying, "When we go to protest this, what they want us to do is argue with them. So instead, what we're going to do is we're going to show up wearing like purple wigs and crazy costumes and cowboy hats, and we're going to give out kazoo's to people, and we're just going to make more noise and have a loud, a louder. Party than these guys are having, mm-hmm. and uh, lots and lots of people showed out and played uh, kazoo's. Uh, they were they were just playing <laughs> kazoo's out loud and uh, hassling the Westboro folks for their protest. And lo and behold, it worked. They cut their protest ten to fifteen minutes short. So I love good it. work with your non peaceful metal kazoo based protesting. Randy Blythe, savior mm-hmm. of the people, Lamb of God, kind of underrated.
1: Long live groove metal.
0: Long- <laughs> uh, so there you go. And I have um, I have one. Trump story of the week that I have for you. Did you read the story that Trump got really annoyed reportedly that a trio of Republican senators interrupted his dinner to discuss the national emergency declaration?
2: Trump story I haven't heard. I, I like this one I just because
0: one. I just like how fickle that would make you have to be, right? Like, I like that his decision amazing is like, I was just there, and then these three guys interrupted me on dinner, and I was like, get out of here, <laughs> I'm eating dinner. I
1: like that he has the morals, like, no one interrupts me at dinner, even the people who like me. It just, it, <laughs> it cracks me up it continues to blow my mind that there's anybody who's not either lying or stupid <laughs> that thinks that this guy cares at all. Uh, no, I
0: think that's fair. Uh, I don't think it matters if he cares for the people who support him, though. Just that he's there. Uh, all right, I have one last thing before we close out today. Um... A music writer from 1999 uh, wrote an article about the Woodstock 99 Music Festival and predicted some of the bands who would still be around in 2019. Oh, I like this. All right, so these were some of the bands that they predicted. Are you ready? Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish will have a shot if they can hold on that long. Matchbox 20 might be
1: long forgotten. All right, so I mean, Darius Rocker's still got a career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's still doing his thing. Do you want excellent. us to give a take on each one of these bands? Because I will definitely have a take on each one of these bands. There's also a Matchbox list... 20 play Woodstock 99? Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. There's also a list
0: of what these bands are doing now afterwards. So I can update what they're currently doing on some of these bands once we're done. Mm-hmm. So it depends on how you want to do it. I'll let me run through the list of who the bands that he said were going to be here anyway first. Right, mm-hmm. Matchbox 20 might be long forgotten, which I think is wrong. Pearl Jam and Dave Matthews' band are too lofty. Corn and What does Mar- that mean?
1: I don't know. That was too lofty.
0: Uh, Corn and Marilyn Manson will always be too dark for uh, mainstream consumption, and Limp biscuit may cause indigestion. What the? F- I think he's being a goof, this guy. That
1: doesn't even make sense, though.
0: Uh, be goofy without being an idiot. Uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, he says, will still be there. Uh, and don't rule out Stone Temple Pilots if Scott Weiland can stay afloat, which is probably the most direct thing he says on there. Mm-hmm. In sync with the Backstreet Boys? Sure. There'll be some 35-year-old people wanting to relive the summer of 1999. So, there is a breakdown of some of these bands. Hooting the Blowfish still around and still playing on tour with the Bare Naked Ladies. So, mm-hmm. Although
1: he also had another career as I mean, like
0: a country, country music, right? Yeah, the yeah, he,
1: he made more money I think as a solo artist. Probably not more than they ever made, say those huge colossal singles in the nineties. But uh, Matchbox Twenty did
0: something called a virtual reality tour last summer, which means they're probably not doing too much. They're playing at <laughs> their
1: house. Yeah, <laughs> you play sort at their house like, watch it on TV.
0: Uh, I mean, Pearl Jam still makes that money. They 100%, constantly per- make. Pearl Jam has
1: become one of the uh, top, probably one of the most respected like bands in the country.
0: Top uh, level,
1: all time, all time rock band.
0: Uh, Dave deservedly been, so. By deservedly the way. so. Dave Matthews still out there, still doing. I think Dave Matthews is like a, um, like. Uh, like a, a gatekeeper type band for a lot of people. I think getting into Dave Matthews at a certain age like, opens your doors to like, a certain type of music for people.
1: Not like, anymore, but it definitely did. It's like a touchstone kind of band. definitely think, did at the yeah. time. I think uh, Dave Matthews, much like Pearl Jam, um, they stay around and stay relevant as uh, a live music juggernaut. Yeah, like, touring, touring juggernaut. Like, Dave Matthews and Pearl Jam both aren't putting out albums that are super, super relevant anymore, whether they're good or bad. But they, I mean, they go out every single year and sell out anywhere they want all over the world. Corn uh, is still around, apparently. Corn is still around. Anything. You remember Corn?
4: Yeah.
1: I always liked that one Corn song. Just Got the Life and Free God Those are both good songs. Got the Life is a great song on Father Leader. The first two Corn albums, um, they have a lot of corny, weird stuff, but they're yeah. better than you remember as well. I didn't if like, you're into metal and stuff like that, I
0: did not care for Marilyn Manson at the time. I still don't really care about him now. I kind of respect the showmanship, I suppose.
1: But I mean, and Marilyn yeah. Manson better than Corn, probably. Maybe he's yeah. got a new album coming out. Yeah, I don't know about that, but like, he's got some wild yeah. stuff. Limp Bizkit was still a thing for a while. Right. Very short amount of time.
2: Where yeah. is he
1: now? Fred Durst. Yeah.
0: He owns a jazz club, I heard, because I just read that Lady Gaga did an impromptu performance at his jazz oh, club this yeah, weekend, yeah. which is a weird headline to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, Red Hat Chili Peppers, still very much a thing. Scott Weiland, obviously passed away. Stone Temple Pilots, not so much of a thing anymore. Are NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys still a thing? No. Backstreet
1: Boys. They were in that commercial with for Pepsi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, they're doing commercials. And Timberlake I is think still... they still... I think they do like some nostalgia state fair tours. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't
2: think Backstreet Boys don't, yeah. though.
1: I uh, know that's right. They
2: didn't. I.
0: Backstreet Boys were not as good as Insync. Back right, yeah. Backstreet Boys. Backstreet Boys
1: as a group are probably more around now than Insync is. Yes, because yeah. they all stuck together. Insync really lost weird. a guy. Yeah, you know and what I, mean? I just
2: mixed them up actually. And Insync, I did. And Insync uh,
0: did have the guy who went on to be the biggest star of it's all Justin. of those groups. Like Timberlake is him. bigger than all of them, so they'll always have that over over Backstreet. That's my my take. Okay. Fight me on the internet, Backstreet Boys stands out there trying to get mad at me about this. All right. Thanks again to uh delvin J moody i forgot to ask him who he stands for between the backstreet boys and Insync. i'll have to get him you up. know what's
1: going to be funny in the intro to this episode you're going to talk about the backstreet boys and Insync thing and then people are going to listen the whole show and go, what the hell's going on and then for the last five minutes We're not gonna to they're going to get that. these impassioned bsb versus Insync takes <laughs> uh
0: follow uh kevin at uh, underscore kevin sullivan follow heather at heatherwaz1 follow me at sf doom or just follow the show at uticast we are on facebook instagram SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Podcasts—we're taking over the web. Cyanara Humanoids, keep it tight. Woodstock lives. Uh, we hope you enjoyed your St. Patrick's Day weekend. Oh, I have my award ceremony this week on Wednesday. I'm winning my oh, my my major award. It's
1: a major it's award. It's a major
0: award. I'm a major award. Genesis Group, send me a leg lamp. Ray so I'm talking to you. Leg lamp, send it to my house. Fragile, must be Italian. <laughs>